Okay, so this is session five of our Smoke and Snow OSE campaign. When last we left our heroes, they had unfortunately lost their friend, John Cameron, who died during an attempt to penetrate the heart of a ruined abbey to discover its secrets. However, it proved to be infested with strange giant beetles, some of which glowed with the dull amber of a campfire and others which had heavy armor plating. They again tried to, with a new ally, tried to penetrate the abbey once more, but were again forced to fall back because of the giant beetles. So we're going to pick up with you guys. So like you're a little distance away from the abbey. You've like withdrawn to a safe distance. And it's, I'm not going to lie, it's pretty much up to you guys what you want to do now, to be perfectly honest. The the weather appears to have broken a little. It's, it, it's not exactly the height of summer, but it's slightly warmer and it's a clear day. As you're looking over the mountains that you're currently stood in to the distant east, you can see the pallid white expanse of the Great Glacier and the snow-capped mountains beyond. Just before then, you see it dipping down into the rolling hills and the plains where you know rests John Cameron. You're situated high up in the mountains, a couple of miles away from the ruined abbey that you went to previously. You can still, if you, if you sort of look through the peaks, you can see it in the distance and the, the trail that winds up to it. The sort of heavy winds of the previous few days have died down a bit and the weather seems relatively calm. The, the sun is shining high in the sky and it brings a, a welcome respite from the, the cold, stormy weather that has been your recent lot. As you're, as you're sat there, you know, sort of planning your next move, considering what you're going to do. Leopold, you happen to sort of glance around, and as you look back down the sort of winding mountain trail that you came up to get to where you are, you see a figure that you recognise sort of hurrying their way along the mountain trail and you recognize Simon Graydon the young apprentice in the order of Solaris that you met previously and you can see he appears to be sort of like heading in the same direction as well heading towards where you guys are basically he's got his like big fur cloak around him like his leather armor etc he's hurrying down the trail um, I think I will turn and sort of, with some urgency, attempt to head him off, intercept him, put, you know, put my hands up ooh, and, and head down towards him, you know, Simon, Simon, whoa, 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 what, what gives? What? Yep, you need to talk with him and he's, you see he's, he's obviously been hurrying, he's quite out of breath, he's breathing quite heavily and he says, oh, God, uh, I, I've been hurrying to, to to catch up with you. Uh, I, I'm glad I bumped into you. Uh, I uh, 
I, I, I did see one of your uh, companions uh, further down the trail uh, heading westwards, um, uh, the, the young gentleman. Uh, I, I shouted to him, but he obviously didn't hear me. The young gentleman. Yeah, so the, the young lad who was with you. You saw him? Yeah, sir. P plain as I see you now, he was he, he was heading westward th through the hills. Uh, I, I attempted to shout him and attract his attention, but I was—I uh, mean, it, it was dark. It was—it was last night when I when I saw him. Uh, I, I attempted to shout him and get his attention, but um, I was some distance away, and obviously it was dark, so obviously he didn't hear me. Hmm. That's that's quite strange. Um, oh, our, our companion is uh, is fallen. He, he he looks shocked, and he says, "Oh, I'm I'm ter terribly sorry to hear that, but I I, I can assure you, it, it was definitely him. I re I recognised his attire from having seen him previously." Mm. Yeah, you 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 better come and uh, you better come and sit with us, and I think we 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 need to have a few few words and talk about what's what has occurred. Uh, we we're just up the ways here, but oh well, please 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 lead on. Yeah, be, be cautious. We were beset with um, beetles and nastiness. Uh, we're we're just considering our next move but you're, you're welcome to join us and we, we can discuss these events yes, uh, uh, in, in more comfort yes sir. yes of course and uh leopold you lead him up the mountain pass yep. to like the little sort of like camp you guys have made where you sort of stayed during the evening uh obviously the rest of you guys you see leopold approaching with simon graydon in tow you see, Graydon's like a little bit red-faced. He's like a little bit out of breath. He's obviously been like moving at speed. He, he sort of raises a hand to to you and he sees you, and then he he sits down on like a a, a fallen um, tree trunk and takes a couple of deep breaths. Obviously, glad of a bit of a rest. Yeah, we we we, we get him a drink and something to eat, and uh, oh, I'll thank you. Turn to Weimar and um, Mr. Lone Grove. Uh, our friend Simon here says he saw our young companion on his way here. I suppose that makes sense. A lot of people saw when we came up the the way first time. There was the whole lot camped out here. I'm not sure what what we're talking about. Well, uh, our young companion fell in combat. You're saying this is after the. Well, well, uh, well Graydon says it, it. It was last night, and obviously you know it's been like a a few days since you since you sort of like buried John Cameron. Mm-hmm. He says, "Yes, I am. Um, I saw him heading through the hills, uh, heading west. It, it was dark, though. I was some distance away. Uh, 
I tried to attract his attention, but I assumed at the time that he just hadn't heard me. Okay, so he's going to the lake. So it's not just a simple matter of... Yep, actually burying them. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what you say. I wonder if it has to be a dip. Well... Well, I suppose we, we, we've off got with the heads doesn't work either because it, it did nothing for them on the lake. No, he, 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 he is a restless soul at this point. He, incorporeal. Well, I, I don't know about incorporeal, says a, says a Graydon. He certainly looked solid enough when I saw him. Hmm. Uh, Well, if we end up going west, I suppose we know one stop along the way that we need to make. Anyway, I'm uh, m much as I'm sorry for your loss. That that's not why I originally hurried to uh, catch you up. Obviously, uh, your your merchant friend, uh, Mister Buchanan, is um, still with my master, so I, I was able to leave him in his care. Uh, and he swings like a sort of canvas bag round from his back. And he takes out the, the stone tablet that you gave to his master, Leopold. And he says, uh, my master's been able to, to make some more sense of this uh, of the inscriptions on this stone tablet. But obviously he's still too too unwell. To, although he's making a recovery, thanks to, to you. Uh, he's, he's still too unwell to travel here himself. But uh, he says, uh, we, we've discovered during our research... Uh, using this tablet uh, that the the ancient relic we spoke of that is rumored to rest in the abbey is apparently protected by a guardian and only those bearing the sacred seal would be allowed to pass it unharmed uh, at least that's what my master says i confess i don't read the old writings as well as him and, and according to my master this is one of those seals and he holds up like the stone tablet and he shows like the sunburst pattern inscribed in it oh right i see so knowing that you were that you were coming here obviously i've i've bought this and i've hurried to catch up with you to, to give it back into your possession in case you need it oh and, uh, and, i shouldn't have given it away so lightly it would seem well i mean you had no way of knowing i mean i, I didn't know myself and even huh? my master it took him some time to to, to research it um but since I managed to bring this back to you and like my master's uh, in the care of your Mr. Buchanan, uh, if if there's anything I can do to assist, of course, of course I will do. Well, I mean, uh, it's, um, well, for, first of all, most grateful for to your master and yourself for bringing this back to us. It sounds like uh, we, we would be unable to proceed without it. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure there's, there's plenty to, to keep you busy if, uh, if you can stomach the, uh, the adventuring life at uh, the risk and the, uh, well, potential reward. He, he, he laughs when you, you say that to me. He says, he says, well, uh, I, I've, I've been trained in, in combat as a, 
as a member of uh, the Order of Solaris. Uh, I, I would have happily come with you the first time you came here, but my, my first duty had to be to take care of my master. But well, now he's now uh, he's recovering, and your Mister Buchanan is looking after him. I felt I felt safe in leaving him for a short while. One other interesting that may be of particular interest to you, he says, looking at Leopold, is a uh, there was a there's a minor reference in some of the the fragmented old texts that my master has concerning the abbey that speak of them making a, a, a treaty or a, a or, or a pact or something similar with a with, with a, a clan of your folk who are apparently sort of tunneling under the area where the abbey is built now oh. the, the, these are old fragmentary records so i don't know how much bearing they have on present times but um i thought it might be of interest to you oh definitely definitely we we, we should have to uh, keep an eye out for any further further developments in in that direction i i'll, I'll be interested to uh, perhaps document any such findings uh, yeah i'm most grateful for this um discovery or, or for you bringing it to my attention anyway oh not a problem and he, he hands you the stone tablet back oh, yep well um it, it, it looks so you fellows were about to were about to discuss or plan something when i uh when i rudely interrupted it if it if it's all right with you if you're not planning on doing anything immediately i am extremely worn out i've been traveling through the night if you wouldn't mind if i if i got my head down for an hour or two uh well, when you've decided what you want to do, um, just give me a nudge. But I, I really could just do it resting myself for a little bit of time. Like I say, I've, I've travelled through the night. I'm, I'm extremely worn out. And he's, he starts like sort of settling yeah, himself no, down no like next to this like log and sort of like quickly sort of like he pass. He obviously just before he goes to sleep, he says, uh, "Obviously, when you when you decide what you're doing, or you decide to move on." Um, Please wake me, and I'll be happy to accompany you. But then he like gets his head down, and in in a few minutes, he's obviously absolutely knackered. He's asleep. Well, that's a turn up for the books. So, why more? What, what do you what do you think our next move should be? I was just going to ask. Obviously, there's these catacombs the, the lower depths beneath the abbey I'm not sure about the beetles the big ones with the hard carapace they, they, to be fair they were not super alert were they well I suppose no we, we, we could have we probably could have just gone Get around yeah, could have gone around, snuck around the outside and nipped down the stairs and they they may may not well have bothered us. Unless they are alerted by the guards in the catacombs. I suppose my worry there is yeah. that if we go down and for whatever reason when we come up there there. Think that might go poorly yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it might go poorly 
I'd be, I'd be tempted to f- cross that bridge when we came to it, maybe. So go down and see yeah, maybe s- see if we could sneak in, go down there, do what we've got to do. Um. <laughs> I mean, there's no saying that we've we would we. I mean, we may well discover another exit, but should we have to exit via the way we came in? Um, we we could worry about that, but when it came to it, uh, I feel like you know they're only creatures. It wouldn't. You know, they're not, I don't get the sense that they're malicious or anything like that. So if we could like lure them away with food or, or something like that, I, I don't, I don't think they're in a big rush to die on our blades, are they? What do Bezos eat? Um, they, they, don't they eat lesser, lesser creepy crawlies? And and some beetles. I think some beetles are sort of eating leaves and stuff, and then there's other beetles that don't they like they're more predators. Don't know that we have leaves or creepy crawlies to, well, to we put out as bait. Put out meat. The big like. They have a larval. They have a larval stage, don't they? Beetles. They have, they have like a like a ladybird as a ladybird larvae that eats aphids, and then when it's a ladybird, it still eats aphids, but it doesn't eat it. Doesn't eat them at the same alarming rate. So like the ladybird larvae, canes aphids, um, and then it then it pupates and then comes out as a fully fledged ladybird and it's I don't think at that stage it's so voracious it's more about mating and getting the next generation going so where does the beetle come in to this well the the ladybird I was just I was just thinking they're not a million miles off of a beetle (laughs) just 999,999 So what then do we do <laughs> with this surprisingly uh, detailed information? Well, us dwarves are, you know, we are famed for the depths of our knowledge about gardening and such things. Huh. As I think subterranean we dwellers. <laughs> so I think we should try and poison them with meat. Try and hunt something that think they will eat uh, and try and poison it somehow. Probably have to cut it down fairly small. Mm. Have, we, have, we, have we got any poison? No, I think we could forage and find something to, to yeah, steal. What, what, what don't they eat? <laughs> oh, do you reckon deadly nightshade would work on a beetle if we could get a... If- if you can just get that out of the ground, I'll be very impressed. 
It's a I don't know that that grows here is what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't, mm, don't know. Did you bring some with you? He says with a, a glimmer of excitement. No, no, no. I, I didn't anticipate this turn of events. <laughs> Doing away with a beetle infestation. Yeah. Um, what about fire? Fire is an adventurous friend after all. Perhaps we could set fire to the upper level. And then go below that. Yeah, once we've driven out the beetles with the fire. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um, I, I, I feel like the lower levels would be unharmed by a fire on the surface. Maybe that would flush out the beetles. Aren't some of them called fire beetles, though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I believe you're correct. Sir. I, I wonder if that has any correlation to what would happen. <laughs> yeah, they could be impervious. I don't know. Well... I, I like the poisoning idea. The poisoning yeah. idea idea is good. Like you know, it it's like legs. you deal with yeah, yeah. You deal with rats or something like that, wouldn't you? You'd bait, you'd bait them and and poison the bait. Yeah, just what what do we put in it? What do we have? Because there was that um, forest nearby, and we went foraging, and we found, um, I guess, healing flowers but there must also be uh something toxic there that we could feed these beetles who who's got the knowledge of such things amongst our number with weimar weimar are you you're an outdoors guy aren't you uh i'm more with the with the bow and the deer yeah, but don't you pick up a bit of herbology whilst you're Well I, I know my <laughs> I know my parsley from the hay, but it's you know some belladonna or something there's, like this. There's no listen. listen, when you're on the march <laughs> it's not like the captain's gonna ask for belladonna, he's gonna ask for the deer <laughs> when yeah, he's a yeah. at the end of the day. I get that, yeah. Um, um, would I, as a hunter, John, have any understanding of what toxic plants might look like? Yeah, I'd, I'd say you could make a make a foraging roll for it. Okay. Tell you what, though, Colin, we go into a cave. You bet there's going to be mushrooms there. Well, that's you know, it, you know, all roads lead to mushrooms. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just that's a given, isn't it? I can hear John's mind ticking from here about he's just like mentally going through his mushroom file now. Foraging's one in six. Okay. <laughs> so, Come what on. I'm going to say is rather than like failing, you don't find the herbs you're after. However, you do find some herbs. So, I'm going to ask you to roll me a D100. Now, bear in mind, are you guys travelling to the forest? Because that's like a day there and a day back. 
I just yeah, want I to know. So. I okay. mean, I feel like we've got her, haven't we, really? Yeah. Okay, so obviously you'll all need to spend two rations. Uh, you what? don't you don't need to worry about uh, Simon Graydon. He'll come with you, but he's got his own light food. Uh, during those two days, could we also have foraged for food while we were... You most certainly can. Whoever wants to... Now, you won't be able to do it because you've been foraging for the yeah. herbs. However, if someone else wants to make that roll, it's a D6 and you need to get a 1. So whoever wants to make that roll. You're muted, Johannes, if you're talking to us. Fuck. Uh, uh, by profession, uh, Weimar is a hunter. Does that play into this? If you want to hunt, yeah, then yeah, I will give you a two in six chance. Okay. That will be literally all you'll be able to do while you're traveling because it takes some yeah, time. Yeah, I'm fine with that because um, uh, what's it says? Malcolm is doing the the actual thing. Uh, I'm happy to play support. So two days, so I'm going to roll two d six. Yep. Well, nope. Okay. Okay. So then food is likely to be a problem quickly. Okay. However, you are unmolested by random encounters during the two days travel. Obviously, uh, Leopold, if you want to forage or hunt, you can also do so. So if you're foraging, it's... Well, if you're foraging or hunting, it's... A one in six chance. You've got two rolls, remember, because it's two days. Okay, so no dice, I'm afraid. So you don't manage no to dice. find. You don't, there's a few like animals, but they're like small and they're sort of skittish. You don't manage to sort of catch any of them. However, as you arrive after traveling for a day sort of on the outskirts of the forest that you visited previously, you look around and you manage to find Mr. Hop. You manage to find what appears to be sort of, and you find this not when you're in the actual forest, you find it just as you're sort of coming down the mountains, like onto the hills, heading towards the forest. You find a small, this only grows really in summer, you find a small sort of crop of mountain garlic and you you effectively find two you like two doses of that it looks pretty much like your standard like bulbs of garlic it's a little bit smaller though because nutrients are harder to get in the mountains um, it doesn't have any sort of great medicinal properties. However, you would know, since you've probably come across like old superstitions, that sort of in some of the, the old days, people used to believe that if you like hung some sprigs of mountain garlic outside your like home, it was reputed to like keep evil spirits out of your home. And it's your standard like little bulbs of garlic with like the green shoots coming out the top of it. And obviously, like all garlic, it can be used in food and stuff like that as well. But yeah, you, you get to the forest, you spend the rest of the the sort of day when you arrive there looking around. You don't really find it. You find like a few bits and pieces, but nothing really of particular note. And by the time you finish doing all that, your various hunting, your foraging and whatnot, it's started to get dark. 
obviously Simon Graydon is with you. He's been quite happily sort of tagging along and sort of chatting as you've been moving. Uh, he's not really been much use for the foraging or the hunting. It doesn't really seem to be something that's been like taught in, in the like warrior order he belongs to. But he does show interest when you like he shows interest in the hunting that uh, Weimar's attempting to do. And uh, he generally seems sort of quite interested in everything that's going on. You get the feeling that like maybe he's been sort of like waiting for his chance to sort of go out into the world and like make his mark, sort of thing. But like I say, night starts to fall. You've not really managed to find anything of note in the forest. Uh, I'm presuming you're going to make camp for the evening. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that seems like a sensible avenue. No problems. Okay, you all take various watches. Graydon takes one as well. The night passes fairly uneventfully, and you wake up the next morning. The a, a light wind has started to rise. Uh, the, the temperature's still sort of fairly warm, but the wind is bringing it down just a little bit, and you can see that sort of like heavy clouds have started to like roll across the sky as like the morning's progressing on when we go hunting and, and foraging john <clears throat> if we are successful yeah what kind of yield do we normally get from from our efforts uh, with both foraging and hunting, normally you would get food that would be like enough for like D6 humans for like a day. So obviously if there's only two of you and you've got enough, you roll your D6 and you get like six people's worth, then that's effectively like three days worth for two people. Mm -hmm. So you get yeah, like, yeah. you get you effectively get D6 rations from it. Yeah. Sort of yeah. game terms. Exactly, yeah. So is it worth looking for more, or should we head back? And well, if we head back, um, we'll—I'll I'll get back to the abbey, and I'll, I'll be out of rations. So, are you counting down yours as well, eh? Separate to. Sorry? Sorry, I've been counting down one for you every day as well. Oh. <clears throat> oh, oh, yeah, I've been counting mine down as well. Okay. In, in which case, <laughs> just, just add yours back in, Leopold, and we'll assume yours will come out of like, the party stash of rations. Oh, okay. And you like yours, you know, you're like keeping them tucked back for like your emergency supply. Okay. Um, well, I, I mean, I might as well just, if that's how we're doing it, I'll just chuck in seven days' rations into the party supply then, and that'll be that, yeah? Yeah, that works. And it gives us four days' work. Okay. It just takes some of the pressure off. Okay. Um, second, guys. <clears throat> so... I don't think we're good enough poisoners to make this work. Um, Maybe not. Uh, well, 
Unless it's anywhere near enough where we can pick some up. Yeah, unless we can get our hands on something easier than this, then no. I don't think it's going to work. However, it's not like someone else is going to go in there. <laughs> so no. we might come back later. <laughs> yeah. We did want the uh, artifact though to clean out the witches are. Yeah, we, we did. We did for sure. Is that an indication that maybe we don't anymore? As you guys are discussing this, from sort of just within the forest, from like within the trees, you hear obviously some distance off, but you hear a faint. <laughs> It's a cat. So I had to open the door. My cat was like, let me in. <laughs> you brought your oh, cat so in for sound effects. It's a mountain lion. <laughs> so it's a very small mountain lion. Small mountain lion, mountain lion yeah. But now you hear this like faint like. <laughs> okay. Which direction? It's coming from deep within the forest, rough, roughly to the south of where you are. Is that like a goat noise, John? Yeah, ish. It, it's it, it it's more like an overweight guy doing like a poor impersonation of a sheep. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> it brings to mind. <laughs> there are limits to my vocal talents. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a sterling effort, man. That's it, man. God loves a trier. That's it. Yeah, you know. Well, I feel like. You don't look a gift sheep in the mouth. As the old saying goes. <laughs> the old dwarven saying. The old dwarven saying. Well, I'm surrounded by huntsmen. Why, why are you still here? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'll go off then and try and find this sheep. Uh, Weimar, do you want to come too? I suppose, yeah. Okay, so you had okay, so It's not actually a sheep. You head into the woods. I'm not. I'm not going to make you make a roll for this because you can follow like the sound of it, sort of like bleating. You head maybe a like, half a mile south into the woods, and eventually you do see what appears to be a like a fairly sort of like sizable sheep that's got itself like caught up in a bramble bush. However, as you're sort of like circling around it, you know, checking everything's on the level and there's nothing unexpected, you can see that on one side of its thick woolen coat is what looks to be a very crude like sort of like red smear like marked on one side of it that's clearly like a pigment rather than like part of its coat. Like a brand. Yeah. Uh, it's one of Bjorn's sheep. We better leave that alone. <laughs> um, can I help us out of its difficulties? Um, yeah, it's it's not it's not terribly difficult. I mean, the main problem is it's panicked and it's getting itself more tangled up in it. Hmm. So y you spend a bit of time. Obviously, you like a, you're a hunter. You know the deal. You spend a bit of time calming it down, and once you've got it calmed down, you're able to sort of like extract it from these brambles. At which point, unless you do anything to prevent it, it turns around and it starts sort of wandering off into the forest to the to the southeast, stopping every now to, now and then to go. Could we follow we, it and see yeah. who's farming? 
Okay. I think we should follow it and find out who the owner of the the red markings. Yep. Okay. So it's going to lead us to an aisle of sheep that are dormant during the day. Um... <laughs> so they're called zombie sheep at night. <laughs> okay. Goat aisle. So bear the beetles. I've got a board game called Battle Sheep. Nice. Yeah. Well, let's hope that doesn't transfer over here because I don't think we can deal with that. In fact, it's all set out on hexes, not dissimilar to this this hex map, actually. Because I think you you put a plate mail on on a sheep or a goat at this point, <laughs> it's gonna wreck us. <laughs> okay, so you follow the sheep sort of southwards for about twelve miles, sort of to here. And then as you as you sort of follow it through the trees, the trees seem to sort of like part and become a little bit more sparse. And you see the ground actually drops down into like a valley here. And you can see like the other side of the valley where it like rises up. And then just beyond that valley is like the edge of the Great Glacier. But as you look down into this valley, you can't really see a lot that's in there. There's like a a very sort of thick, sort of like low-lying mist in the valley. And this is called Wolf Forest. Indeed it is. Hmm. So how about those beetles, sir? <laughs> the beetles are looking like a Cush the option at the moment. Oh. It's the, map's the map's gone all barrier peaks. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have a valley symbol, so I just picked Go. one that was like noticeable. Yeah, that's noticeable, all right. <laughs> 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 That's where they've put the nukes. <laughs> the family nukes. So, yeah, so as I say, you guys are stood at the edge of the tree line looking down into this quite steep sided valley. You can hear like the sound of a maybe like a small stream coming from down below, but there's this like thick mist that seems to like fill the valley. No doubt, as you probably know, as like hunters, as a result of the sort of slightly warmer air coming in from one side and then the colder air from the glacier sort of meeting and forming this mist. How long does the valley look, can we tell? So it's about, it's not, it's not massive, it's probably about four or five miles length, like two or three miles wide, maybe. Okay. Does it go up towards, it runs towards the valley? Uh, towards the glacier, the valley. It doesn't run directly towards it. Basically, oh. you're stood on one side here, the other side's there, and then sort of beyond that is the the glacier. All oh, right, okay. Hmm. Can we hear any other sheep or anything like that? This this sheep may have been headed towards. Oh, or... I, t I tell you what, Leopold, make me a, a wisdom roll. Okay. 
that's not going to be good enough. Okay, so as you listen, very, very faintly, because like I say it's like quite a steep valley, as this sheep that you're following is like making its way down and is like bleating very loudly, you can faintly, from somewhere in the mist, hear the sound of like other animals of a similar type sort of bleating in response. So it does sound like there's potentially other sheep down there, but because of your role, you can't really tell sort of exactly how far away they are or like how many they are. Uh, well, I, I, I'm quite keen to explore this va valley. I, I don't know about you folks, but uh, there's clearly something going on. Yeah. And definitely if uh, <clears throat> there was someone farming here. No, there's some kind of farmer for sure. Uh, These are domesticated animals. So that could be a good uh, source of food and trade for New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel we 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 have to investigate. Yeah, and at the, at the very least, it's useful to know your neighbors. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, the sheep is like standard size, John. Is it? it? It it's a bit larger than like your standard sheep. Well, that could just be because it's got like this thick woolly coat, but it appeared like quite a sizable sheep. Okay, and looking at the mark that's on it. Do I get the sense that it was? I guess what I really want to ask is it like the thumbnail of a giant, or is it like it was, just, it was just like a big? It? it was just like a effectively like a big red splodge of paint, roughly circular, about that sort of size. Okay. See, I was listening to this uh, podcast uh, recently about fog giants. Uh, forget who put it out now. Some geezer and his missus. Some geezer and his missus. And he was advocating for his fog giants to have some kind of mystical control of mists and fogs. And now it's all kind of, it's all taking shape. <laughs> it's all falling into focus. I can quite, quite clearly assure you, Handlemar, there is no fog giant in this chasm. It's a cloud giant. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ice giant. <laughs> Who can control mist. <clears throat> it's a okay. mist giant. So, <laughs> okay. I guess we'd approach kind of quietly and subtly. And... Yeah, I don't know how subtle I am. I, I don't suppose I'm particularly loud. I know you guys are likely to be stealthy. I didn't know if I should be hanging about at the back a bit more or... Well, one thing you know is that, like, Simon Graydon's certainly not very stealthy. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was here. So he, he, he's probably about as stealthy as you are, Leopold. Yeah, we'll maybe hang back a little bit then, I think. Okay, so just to check that I've got this right, is the idea that our two sort of hunters are going to range up ahead and, like, get their scout on, basically? So, like, Malcolm Harp and Weimar you're sort of heading up ahead to like scout it out. Is that the plan? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. As long as, you're as long as you're happy with that. I mean, we I'll come along as back up with you, but it doesn't Yeah, well, seem... once I start screaming like a girl, that's your sign to come and save me. Okay. Okay, so with Simon Graydon and Leopold sort of hanging back a bit, I mean, you're not so far that you couldn't just put on a quick run to like catch them up, but you're just hanging back a little bit. So, yeah, Harp and Weimar sort of head up 
a little bit in front and it's quite slow going because it's still very thickly coated with trees this valley and you start sort of making your way down as you sort of head into the the thick bank of mist that seems omnipresent throughout this valley so sort of the moisture level in the air sort of rises and very quickly as you're sort of descending into the mist like there's a thin sheen of like dampness on your equipment now just to quickly just quickly satisfy my uh, curiosity uh harp and weimar what are you carrying on you at this point in time in terms of like equipment okay i have a bow uh, a battle axe, a couple of daggers, leather armor, uh, a backpack, some oil, a mirror, a couple of torches, okay. a water skin, and a hammer and spike. Okay, so how about you, Wymo? Uh, longbow, hand axe, short sword, pistol, quiver of arrows, backpack, tinderbox, torches, water skin, lantern. Two flasks of oil, grappling hook, rope. Um, I've got. Um, it's not fleshy or furry anymore, but I've got the bones from uh, three bear paws and and the yep. whole set of fangs. And, okay. Uh, two iron keys for the sun temple from when we were there. Okay. So, as the two of you start descending into the the mists, as you start getting nearer to what you assume would be the bottom of the valley you start feeling a a strange sort of tugging on your equipment and as you look down you can see that the anything that's metal that you are carrying appears to be sort of like moving slightly seemingly of its own accord So I'm going to take an arrow out of the quiver and I'll just hold it out. Okay. And I'll drop it. So, so as you're <laughs> as you're sort of facing like down towards the center of the valley, you hold your arrow up, you let go and it sort of goes and goes behind you. As though some force was like repelling it away from the the sort of the center of the valley. Well, Malcolm, I can honestly say I, that has never happened before. <laughs> uh, and at this stage, John, can we see anything or are we still in the mist? It appears to be very thickly coated in mist. You can probably see maybe 40 feet in front of you. And the, the terrain appears very similar, you know, thick sort of coniferous trees as you're heading down into this valley you can now definitely hear the sound of a of what sounds like a stream or maybe like a very very small river so like, you know the burbling of water over stones coming from sort of further down you would expect from your knowledge of sort of like geography that there's probably like a, a small stream of like maybe glacial water or something similar running down the center of this valley I think we should press on to see if we can see anything. Okay. And move forward. As you start moving forward, you continue on okay for like another sort of 
50, 60 feet. And then it starts becoming very difficult for you to move forward. It's almost as though some like invisible force is like pressing on you and trying to push you back. And you, you're like, you're really having to like struggle to like move forward. And any anything metal that you're carrying is now sort of like at an angle, like pointing backwards. So like, if 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 a uh, has got like the keys hanging on his belt, they're now like. Mm. Okay, and do we sense that the fact that we're carrying metal is the problem, or that it's also trying to repel us? It doesn't specifically seem to be trying to repel you. You think it's like the force of like all of your metal gear trying to like pull you back. That's okay. causing you to like struggle because everything metal on you is trying to go that way, and you're trying to go that way. Okay. And obviously, um, Leopold and um, Simon Graydon, because you're a little bit far behind, you're just sort of starting to experience a little bit of that yourself. Yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm thinking about getting my metallic stuff and getting it all together in a sack and maybe looking for somewhere to hide it and proceeding um, with maybe just like cut myself a quarter staff or something from the tree I was going to say yeah Gr Graydon will say well if I if I do likewise and leave any any metal objects I'm wearing behind I, I won't have any weapons yeah just get just get yourself a good sturdy branch there my old son that's what you need the, like the old style. He says, well, well, he says, "Well, yes, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not really trained in fighting with staffs, but I suppose needs must." And he'll he'll start gathering all of his. Metal what does it, What well. does he fight with? Uh, a sword. Ah, Just standard like sword. Okay. Okay, um, so we we leave Leopold and Graydon sort of getting all their metal stuff together, ready to stash it. And we cut back to Harp and Weimar. Who I think are probably doing the same thing, right? Yeah, I'm thinking because we have backpacks, we we put all that stuff in there and we, we leave the backpacks. Yeah. Okay, where do you plan to leave your stuff? I think we should probably go back to where Leopold is and leave all our stuff together outside yeah. of the... Yeah. Um, okay, so you guys rejoin Leopold and Graydon. You can see that they've sort of obviously been experiencing a similar thing, and they've, they've basically piled up all of their sort of their metal objects. And Graydon's yeah, yeah. busy like cutting himself off a branch, and like he's like testing it experimentally. You know, like in coni coniferous woodland, you quite often get uh, like the 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 smaller trees that don't thrive. They just like fall down. Yeah, they sort of bent uh, over and they fall over. Yeah. yeah, and you get that kind of like horizontal tree with with the branches kind of spread out and tuck our gear maybe underneath one of those, so it's obscured from sight. Yeah, that's fine. So you all get your gear together. You took it under one of these fallen sort of thin pines. You know, probably like pile a load of like pine needles and detritus over it so to like disguise it. That's absolutely fine. And as you like remove your, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just thinking if if there's time, uh, I'll make a spear, like a yeah, really quick spear from a yeah. from a branch. Um, 
and just a separate question then john do we think that we'd be actually able to carry like five arrows with like tiny arrowheads in or do we think you, any metal? i think you probably could carry five arrows but the issue would be as you saw with weimar when he let go of the arrow it like okay. shot off behind him so you could probably carry them but if you came to fire in them they'd probably end up somewhere okay. you weren't expecting and axes and stuff that were predominantly um wooden do we think that they would be able to carry in or that it's just it's too much metal in it is, it's too much metal in the head of an axe okay. obviously like an arrowhead's very small so like yeah, you could yeah. maybe the, the best you think sort of guesstimating based on the strength of what you felt maybe like a handful of coins or like a few arrows probably be the most you could reasonably carry okay. so i will also then sharpen a stick for a spear yeah no problems anyone who's taking a spear they do d6 damage yeah, I'll do that as well. Then that, that might be better than a quarter staff. Yeah, um, seeing you all doing that, Graydon will do the same, and he like, you know, takes out his sword and uses it to like cut the end of the sharpen the end of the the wooden stave that he's carved. So you all equip yourself with like crude wooden spears and start making your way back I'll, to the valley. From having done the spear. I'll I'll take like one of the detritus pieces. I'll make a stake out of it, just to have a dagger. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's absolutely. Fine. I was gonna go with a club. I was gonna go with a club option. Get well, like a, but a shillelagh. Feel free to go for either a club and a dagger. Both do one d four damage. Yes, because yeah. oh, yeah. there's there's nothing quite like oh, <laughs> let's get staken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking around for a bit of blackthorn or something like that. Yeah, if there's any blessed trees around, uh, I'll take one of those blessed branches. <laughs> I'm afraid you want to take holy yeah, ash. trees around. Some ash. Yeah, yeah ho holy ash. We, yeah. we need a priest to come over with some water and bless the trees. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You you stash your gear. You all spend a little bit of time carving your spears and you start heading back into the valley. As you reach the bottom of it, you can indeed see there is a, a small stream of, like, one of you like, dips your finger in it cautiously, and it does feel very cold, so you think you're probably right. It probably is like glacial water flowing down. It's probably the cold from that meeting the warmer air, which is causing this thick mist. It's particularly like heavy around the edge of this stream and as you get into the bottom of the valley this bleating noise becomes louder and you can see what appears to be a huge herd of these sheep like I say quite big robust animals as you look at them each of them has this like red splotch on the side of it I don't like the way you're using your thumb to do that splotch John I see that that they didn't escape my notice. <laughs> a big um, red splotch. Um, is there any tracks, John? Can we look for tracks? Yeah. Make has anyone got a, a tracking skill or anything similar? Yeah, I do. I okay. um make a roll for it. Good. Let me just say so. Oh, you know, you know who had sheep in in Greek myth, don't we? We know who had a flock of sheep. Magneto, apparently. 
Okay, so the, the, the Cyclops. Uh, so that's a pretty good roll, John. So unless there's any kind of okay, so as you're sort of like, and you're still moving fairly cautiously because, like I say, vision's not very good down here, and you'll see you don't know what's down here. As you're looking around, you come across what appears to be a an absolutely huge footprint in the, in the soft <laughs> earth next to the stream. I'm guessing that's not Magneto. He wears big shoes if it is. And I only he... just—I've only just got the Magneto reference. That was taking a little while to sink in. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. And looking at this this heavy footprint, based on like the size of it and sort of how deeply it's in the ground, you reckon it must have come from something at least like 15, 20 feet tall. Oof. It, it's a massive footprint. To, in fact, as you find the footprint, like, a bit of water's like from the mist has collected in it. One of the sheep's like drinking out of it like a pool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would this? Would I have encountered anything like this before, John? Do you think just in my travels? Make me a, a wisdom roll. Okay, you've probably, even with that role, you've probably heard a few like vague rumours of like back in the old days up in the far, far north in like the frozen wastes that were reputed to be like giants and trolls and ogres and stuff like that. But like no one's seen any of them for years. And obviously you guys were all in Rohaline where they weren't a thing. So it's only like old like bedtime stories. You don't really know any details. I wonder if they were into farming and stuff. I mean, they've got to eat, haven't they? They've got to... Uh, yeah, I I would think. Every, everyone's into farming, eventually. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, unless you're just... nomadic, and even that, that's... But I think they were supposed herding, to have... you're a herder at that point. They were, they were supposed to have a lot of people, right? That doesn't... If you have a flock of sheep, that doesn't work. At least not no city I've ever been to has worked like that. As you're exploring around, and obviously Weimar and Leopold are having this conversation, uh, Harp, you've, you're sort of looking around a little bit. And as you, you sort of like moved a little bit further down the valley, I mean, not out of sight of them, but just like a little bit further down. And faintly in the distance, you can hear like a. Okay. Um, Okay, I still can't see anything. I can only hear it. You can only hear it sort of in the distance. You think it must be coming from like the sort of like the far end of the valley, which, like I say, is about sort of five miles long. Okay, so I'll just uh, shush the guys and then point in my ears and point in that direction. And as you guys are following you, you listen out. You, you can indeed hear that sort of faint noise that I've just uh, described. Can we hear it well enough to understand that there might be one or many? Difficult to tell. You think possibly just one? But it, like I say, it's slightly muffled because of the thick mist and the, the confines of the, 
in the valley, so it's difficult to tell for 100% certain. Um, should we push on? Do we call out? I reckon. I reckon we we push on, but proceed with caution. We 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 got some some sort of maybe like a a giant who's uh, he's probably supposed to be keeping an eye on this flock of sheep, doing a bad job of it. But but there must be more. There must. But. They, they might not be uh they might not be hostile yeah and that's why i'm wondering if we should call out and say hello rather than go sneaking by like yeah hmm yeah we don't want to we don't we certainly don't want to startle the guy do we no What does Weimar think? What do you think, Weimar? Well, I was thinking, like, whatever we do, if they've got half a brain, we need to think about our tracks and where they lead. But that's after whatever we decide to do here. But, uh, well, we don't know anything, right? So we don't really. Perhaps we should get a look, an eyeball, and get a look on if they're dressed in a shirt of bones and skulls. <laughs> maybe we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they if they look quite cultured, maybe with some like nicely made jewelry or something like that, perhaps. There's some potential. But like you say, if it's all skulls and bones and furs and blood-stained fingernails, we get at the large swerve. Okay, that sounds sensible. Um, is there any... Can we follow the tracks or can I work out from the track that there might be more than one? There's not a there's not a great deal of tracks. So after examining them for a while, you think you're probably dealing with one or two individuals. Like there's certainly not like a tribe of like whatever this is here. And you can see from the tracks oh, God, that um, with a stencil. <laughs> yeah, just like giant wooden feet. Like <laughs> you you can see from the tracks that like the whatever this creature is appears to sort of like keep fairly close to the river so sort of like taking sort of like the same sort of paths sort of up and down which mm -hmm. would seem to fit in with a Leopold suggestion that like maybe this thing whatever it is is like taking care of these flocks of sheep and you're not walking up and down like checking them and okay so what's the plan guys I think we'll just continue myself and Weimar will walk 
kind of 30, 40 feet ahead of the rest. Yep, yep. Uh, scouting. Okay, so you make your way down towards the far end of the valley, taking care not to like, step on any branches or anything like that. As you reach the end of the valley, you can see what appears to be a, a large cave, and leaning up against the outside of it, asleep is this humongous 20 foot tall very sort of like primitive looking humanoid wearing basically like a, a sort of fur loincloth like big beer belly hanging over it you know like crude sort of like hide vest his jowly head is like on his chest he's like <laughs> and as you look at his sort of like very primitive looking face you can see that it looks it looks fairly human however as you sort of look up at it you see that he only has one large eye in the center of his forehead and he appears to be asleep and snoring loudly you can see next to him on the ground is basically what looks to be like like sort of half held in his hand but like loosely is like his hands down by his side is what appears to be like a small tree that's been like uprooted and pulled out of the ground and he's sort of lying there like his legs are out in front of him, head on his chest. Like, uh, I'm, I'm going to look at Malcolm. I'll just do this. <laughs> uh, how big is the cave? The, the cave, it's it's big enough that this creature could fit inside it if it ducked down but as you sort of like look past you can see that it is just a single cave it's not like a massive network of caverns or anything but as okay. you look as you sort of like peer inside in there the dim light that's hazily filtering through this mist you can just make out the outline of like some furs and stuff like that inside leaving you a little doubt that this thing must sleep in there okay and where the creature is kind of sitting down outside is it yeah, he's ba basically leant up against the side of the cave, okay. head on his chest, legs out in front of him, and he's arms down by his side, and he's sort of snoring away. Okay. And look, from where we are, can we see if there might be enough bedding in there for two, or if it's just like a very clearly one bed? You, you can't say exactly, but based on the the size of the creature and the amount of like furs you can see in there, you think it's possibly only the one creature. And you can't see any signs of like other creatures in the cavern either. Okay. So I'll turn back to Weimar and <clears throat> say I, I I don't see any positive outcomes for an entanglement with a creature of this size. Oh, we need to go. <laughs> Um, this is probably a bit late, but um, would we have? Could we have brought a coin so that we might know whether the the center of the repellent was coming from the cave? That's absolutely fine. I, I did say you could keep like a handful of coins on you, so I'm fine for you to have done that. And you have indeed noticed, like whether you've got your arrows or your coins or whatever, that as you get nearer to the cave, this sort of propulsive force is getting stronger and you also notice that the sleeping like giant figure 
doesn't appear to have from the look of him have anything metallic on him at all it's all like hides and like tree branches oh. I want to see what's in that cave that's causing the repellent well we can probably take a look why don't I go and you keep watch here yeah that sounds that sounds good so and i'll i'll mention like uh like a bird from back home like i'll i'll do the whistle for this this particular bird yeah it's like it's like oh if it's any trouble i'll do the uh i'll do the call of the rohaline spotted chaffinch <laughs> yeah so yeah you, you go on ahead i'll i'll make the call if there's something going out here okay. i mean you'd be all right it's only a cave what could go wrong okay. yeah with with magneto in it <laughs> okay. sure you're never going to get a tpk or anything like that yeah so, with giants involved nah make me a dex roll please malcolm Okay, so you manage to sneak undetected into the cave. As you get in there, you can't see it's just a single cave. You you don't find anything of great interest in there. There's what looks to be a, a, a crude sort of clay, and I mean sort of like made out of like dirt, sort of crude like clay sort of pot. There's what looks to be the remnants of some meat, like maybe like uh, the remnants of a stew, in there but it's like cold and it's just been shoved off to one side there's a number of like sheepskins and furs and stuff in there laid down as bedding and as you sort of progress further in let's say it is just a single cave but it's fairly substantial as you head in you can see sort of at the sort of back of the cave is what looks to be a large like, like huge sort of boulder like embedded in the wall of the cave which is of a noticeably darker hue than the rest of the cave. And as you get nearer to that boulder, like the, the magnetic repellent on the coin you're holding is becoming very strong. Okay, and when we say boulder, do we mean like my height, my weight, kind of, or...? So about, about twice your height and about twice your weight. Okay. And like okay. I say, it's like embedded in the wall of the cave. Okay. Okay. So, uh, nothing else of interest. No. Not that you can see. Um, okay. Okay, that is fine. And I think I will just then uh, creep back out, back to where Weimar is. Um. And then as we're leaving, I'll explain that there's a massive boulder in the wall and that boulder seems to be having the uh, effect on the metal. I don't know that we can do anything like this right now. But just think in the future. Take chips off of that. Make a shirt. It's going to be great in a fight. 
someone comes at you with a sword and they stop midway through. Think of the possibilities. But anyway, we need to go right now. <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to uh yeah, I'll go back with my hammer. <laughs> yeah. Yep, no problem. So you all head sort of back like carefully back to the edge of the valley where you stashed your gear earlier on. Nothing's happened to it, it's all where you left it. It takes you a bit of time to locate it, but locate it you do. Okay. And now you're, so sort of, he, now you're sort of on the edge, like the, the magnetic repulsion is like a lot weaker. If, if we swipe a, sh- uh, a sheep, this thing's going to come after us and track us down, isn't it? Yeah, which is why I was thinking about the tracks. Yeah, that's what I was... Yeah. That's what I thought you might have been thinking. Yeah. Hmm. How much eating is on a sheep, John? Well, like I say, they were fairly substantial sheep. So, whereas normally you would get like 1d6 rations, I would say from these sheep you would get 2d6 rations. Because, like, they're pretty hefty animals. Oh, yeah, because they're from the original stock, right? Like, we, <laughs> we have the diluted ones back home. Mm. The line of sheeply kings is broken. <laughs> the, the line of sheep is ended. <laughs> okay, so what's the plan, guys? I don't think it's worth it. No, I don't. Think I don't it think is. we. It's good. We it's know a good more. to know that we can come back. Exactly. We can. We know that if we're hungry and we're desperate, there's a ready supply of sheep. And ready. danger. Yeah. And danger. Well, this is half of the reason why we're here anyway. Uh, mapping so, Cyclops up. Valley. It had a tree. And an entire tree as a weapon. Yeah. So, I don't think we're <laughs> going to be tangling with this one without a battalion of archers. <laughs> no, but if we were to come across some other people who were upsetting us, we could lead this creature to them. Oh yes, and if it is capable of behaving, <laughs> we could strike a deal. Mm. Probably want some uh, change in his diet. We could trade food. We could trade other things if it's amenable. Barrels of beer. I, I I feel like it. I feel like it's an asshole. I don't think it's. Uh, yeah, I don't think we have to to be able to survive out here. There's a degree of asshole to all of us. <laughs> yeah, he's not super sociable. Don't seem super sociable. <laughs> mm. And then furs and... There, there, was, there was a nice sort of noticeable absence of like strings of human skulls and bones. Though, yeah. So. Yeah, this is like yeah. skulls on, on poles. Yeah. He <laughs> wasn't like wearing like severed human hands as a necklace or anything like that. There was an absence of culture there. It was you didn't see any cave painting in there or anything, Malcolm, or maybe some sort of um, rudimentary sonnets or something drafted on the wall. <laughs> music, sheet music on the wall. <laughs> Go in, there's like a wooden saxophone lying against the wall. 
Can can someone hear that careless whisper in the distance? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Never gonna hurt again. Yeah, we give that guy a large swerve. Okay, Uh, back to the Abbott, Abby. Talking to Beatles. (laughs) 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 Stuck between a giant and a beetle. Um, okay, so from the valley, it's going to take you a couple of days to to get back to the abbey because it's like a day to the edge of the woods, then like a day to the the valley. So, are you heading straight back to the abbey, or? Yeah, but I'd like to do some hunting on the two days if that's okay as well. Yeah, so Royce off two d six. Yeah, same. We probably we could probably eat those beetles. I bet. I bet there's some edible. Uh... Okay, so that's 10 Protein, minus yeah. 6 is 4 extra. Okay, yeah, so you do a bit of hunting harp on the way back, and you do manage to find some supplies. You manage to kill a few small animals. What's with the fives? Yeah, none for me. Okay. So, your first day's travel takes you to the edge of the range of hills which lead into the the grey heights mountains where you know the abbey to be and just to the north west of you you can see the river which runs up into the mountains runs alongside the the mountain pass up to where you know the ruined abbey to lie so let me get that random encounter roll on Okay. Very close to triple one, and I, I, I can't decide if that's like squirrels or the lich king. <laughs> okay, so as you guys are traveling along, near the end of the first day, just as like the light's starting to fade out of the sky. You hear a loud screeching in the air. And as you look Mm -hmm. up, overhead of you, you see a creature which appears to be almost like part reptile, sort of, but with feathers like a bird. And it sort of flies over you in the direction of the mountains. Doesn't like swoop down to attack you or interfere with you or anything. Hmm. Nothing nothing with any experience of doesn't clearly doesn't fit the dragon description. No, no, it's um if if I were, if I was gonna describe it, I'd say it looks you know how like a velociraptor looks. Yeah. It looks a little bit like that, but where the velociraptor has like its its forelimbs, there's yeah. wings with sort of brightly coloured feathers, and like the rear limbs are a bit smaller, but like the face of it, although it has feathers on it, has the same sort of like reptilian like saurian face with like sharp teeth in it but it fly it's quite it must be fairly sizable i mean not it's not like a giant or anything but it's fairly big like maybe like ostrich size but uh it's quite high up and like I say you just sort of hear it's like cry as it flies over you towards the distant mountains it seems to be coming from like the east and sort of flying over you towards like the western side of the mountains do we, do we get an impression of its size? Or yeah, is like it, I say, it's sort of like about, about like ostrich size. Yeah. 
Ostrich size. Sorry, I missed that. Um, Harris? Hmm, wonder what that is. Like I say, it's got almost like say like there, like the velociraptors in like Jurassic Park. You know the sort of noise that they make. It's got like a very similar cry to that. Mm. But its uh, its plumage is like bright red, oranges, and sort of like blues. A nest of its eggs would be quite a find. Yeah, there's a... Uh, if you really want to strike it rich, uh, you, you'd get one of those in a cage. You sell mm. it to a noble. Mm. That'd be a pretty impressive thing to have in your you estate gardens or yeah, in, and obviously in, yeah, yeah. you guys are sort of chatting about this while you're setting up your <laughs> camp and you're like you're getting your little fire going you're settling down for the night you'll each need to spend a ration for the first day but you you settle down for the evening you all take your various watches along with Graydon who like has like a bite of his like trail rations and sort of volunteers to take a watch as well it's Lambus bread indeed just one bite of it is enough to keep a young aspirant going for days. During the night, the temperature drops rapidly. The, the slight wind that there was previously has become much stronger, causing the, the temperature to plummet. In the distance, you hear the dull rumble of thunder and a sort of a cold sleet begins to fall from the heavy pendulous grey clouds that fill the sky so it's a fairly miserable scene when you wake up in the morning you know you're all sort of like pu pulling your furs and your winter clothes around yourselves a bit tighter the obviously you're not too bad because like you've all been keeping the fire going during the evening and that's been giving you the heat but like anytime you step away from the fire it's extremely cold and like I say the sky is although you can see sort of like dull sunlight just slightly filtering through the clouds it's very overcast and this damp miserable sleet is sort of raining down quite heavily and now you've left the canopy of the forest, although you've taken shelter as best you can, you'll quickly be like soaked through to the skin because of this sleet driving down. And in the distance you occasion hear the like <laughs> of thunder. And you okay, you might glimpse a distant flash of lightning. So Do we think that we're okay to travel in the weather? It's just miserable or do we think that it's not safe for you think you're okay to travel however the temperature has dropped like it's very cold now i mean we're talking sort of like 40 degrees like fahrenheit okay so i mean you guys are like obviously togged up for like winter weather so you're okay but like you think if you had like less protective clothing on you might start getting into some serious difficulty because of the cold. You could even see that, like, Graydon's even, like, pulled his, like, fur cloak around himself. 
what would what would what do we think would be at the hospitaler gathering place currently at this time okay well as far as you know previously it was a it was basically like a hide tent that was occupied by Graydon and his master uh, from what Graydon's told you he left uh, your merchant friend with his master and he came to find you so you'd assume it's the tent still there and it's probably got um, Hercules Buchanan and the, the master of the Order of Solaris such as it is in modern day inside that Does... tent does anybody think it's worth like swinging, swinging by there, see if we can pick up some more supplies, sit out the storm, check on the guys, and then head out from there rather than, I don't know. I mean, we're we're only a day away from the ruined abbey, but I don't know. Yeah, and and maybe if the master as well, that they might travel closer to the abbey for when we're finished. Okay, so is the plan that you're going to head to the to the Order of Solaris tent? What does everybody? What does everybody? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah it, it seems there's no solid like what <laughs> what what should we be doing? Yeah, let's uh, let's do that for sure. Okay, so you head northeast to the tent belonging to the order Solaris and as you get nearer you can see you sort of head up the steep side of the the plateau uh, sort of shielding yourself against this driving sleet rain and slush you, it's a fairly miserable slog heading up there but eventually you do sight the hide tent you see obviously the the front flap of the tent has been sort of like drawn shut but from inside you can see the dull amber glow of what you assume to maybe be a lantern so sort of shining through the hide of the tent what a comfort in sight really i feel indeed push on at full speed Okay, well, no problems. You head up to the tent. You sort of open the door. You can see the the old sort of master of the order of Solaris is in the tent. He's, he's sat up. He's looking a good deal healthier. You can see Hercules Buchanan, your merchant friend, is in there with him. He's just sat talking to him. Like Buchanan looks towards the tent flap as you draw it open and when he sees you he's like oh excellent and he says oh c c come in come in and then he sort of looks at uh, looks at Gawain the old master and as, as though to sort of say oh yeah sorry it's your tent and the old, the old man's like yes yes c come in get, get yourself out of this damned storm mm. and you also sort of like hustle inside you can see obviously they've they've not lit a fire inside the tent but there's there's like loads of furs like the old man has like furs over him and buchanan's got a few wrapped around him and on the sort of center like pole of the tent there is like a lantern hanging from it that's shedding this warm amber light and obviously with it being sheltered from the wind as soon as you step in here it already feels like a good deal warmer in here 
and best of all, it's dry. Mm. Yeah, which is more than could be said for outside. Indeed. So you look a lot, you look a lot better than the last time we saw you. You're recovering well, Father. Yeah, Grand Ramsey looks at you and he says, uh, "He says, oh yes, sir. Thanks to your uh, your ministrations, I'm a. I wouldn't say I was at my full strength, but I'm I'm feeling much recovered. And then there's like Graydon like ducks his head and comes in after you. He's like, ah, good, and I see. I see my apprentice managed to to catch up to you and uh, good good how how do you fare all of you uh well we, we uh we had a we, we had a, a tragic loss of our our companion young young john the impetuous yeah. <laughs> oh i i'm i'm terribly sorry to hear that it's it's always a tragedy when someone of such tender years uh, goes before their time. Yeah, so maybe he was he was kind of eager to prove himself, or he says, "Ah, or, who amongst us was not uh, yeah. more impetuous in the days of their youth?" I know I certainly was. Yes, uh, yes, uh, it's a, a great shame. He was. But but a boy, but a boy, really. Yeah, that's what they do say. Wisdom comes with age. Mm. Mm. And uh, we, we we've done a fair bit of travelling. We've uh, we've just come from the uh, well south of here, and we've seen some strange sights. Uh, a, a valley with um, a one-eyed giant and a herd of sheep tending a herd of large sheep. He is, is this something? Yeah, is this something you've you've heard of, or is this news to you? He says, um, "Well, I have heard, uh, I have heard, obviously, legends of ogres and giants and such like. Uh, of course, uh, that there, there's the legends of the old heroes who uh, fought against such creatures, but um, no, nothing in recent times." Mm. Yeah, it seemed a, a solitary type of character down in this misty valley. Uh, he was asleep, and we 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 left him to it. We well, if he's if if he was a giant, as you say, probably for the best. Mm, we could have done with some of those sheep to fill our packs. He says, "Oh well, if you were." If you, I do have some small amount of food here. If you're hungry, and he basically doles out like a, a rations worth to like the three of you, so like three rations. Uh, oh, and you, it's it's fed, it's it's not exactly great food. I mean, it's like biscuits and like jerky, but you know, food's food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, g- g- given that uh, given that you went to the abbey and you suffered such unfortunate losses on mine and my apprentice's behalf it's uh, the least I could do especially given how much you helped me with uh, re- recovering my health I I think in a, a few days I'll be I'll be back to full strength and uh, but th- thank you for leaving your uh, your friend here and he gestures at Hercules Buchanan 
with me um, it, it's been nice to have some company and of course it meant I could send uh, young Graydon here uh, with the uh, with the tablet after you yeah it, whilst whilst we're here I, my, my friend Malcolm uh, had this idea we we've run into a bit of a problem with these godforsaken beetle creatures and we, we was wondering about maybe poisoning some bait in the way you might deal with rats oh I see it's, I mean yourself or um, Buchanan here any thoughts on how we might poison some beetles it's just, I've, I'm sorry I, I don't have a great deal of experience with such creatures and obviously I'm I'm no woodsman. Uh, uh, hmm. Maybe we should uh, go back to the burning plant or the smoke. What about smoking them out? Could we, could we smoke them out? Well, they probably need air. I think most things need air. Or lure them away, lure them away with something. We just haven't got enough food to go throwing it around, have we? No. We could just go back to the sneaking to the door. Yeah, sneaking in down into the catacombs yeah. or whatever and worrying about how to get out. Now, they are a little bit slower than us, and we, we did outrun them before. <clears throat> um, I am nervous about having them at our back. Um, mm. I guess it all depends on whether they're like a natural creature or whether if the guardian was upset. I think no. I think they're a natural creature. There, I think. And maybe we should leave them be and and creep into that small room and go down the stairs and they don't seem like guardian material do they you know if you was going to have a guardian i could think of better things than a bunch of beetles that are just mooching about in the rubble true well at least we can get a, a, a good rest and get dried out and head out in the morning maybe the storm will have passed and we can journey through the hills and hit the hit the abbey tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you all rest for the evening in the Order of Solaris tent. It's a uh, compared to the previous night's sleep you've had, it's nice and comfortable. You're lying on furs, you're out of the wind, so it's nice and warm. The worst you have to do is, I mean, obviously you all keep watches, you know, better safe than sorry. The worst you have to do is whoever is on watch has to regularly sort of like go around and like knock the tent so there's no like accumulation of snow and sleet causing it to collapse. But you just like go around and like tap the inside of the tent. And the night passes, it's probably the most comfortable night's sleep you've had in ages. Obviously, if any of you are down hit points, you regain some hit points because you've slept the night. You. You all wake up in the morning feeling very refreshed. Good. 
when you wake in the morning the the storm seems to have largely abated and the there's no sleet falling however there's still like a fairly steady wind blowing you can hear it outside like and it's whistling through a few sort of like little cracks in the the sort of bindings of this hide tent that you're in okay so if the master needs a couple more days rest then we should leave him here you know today's travel to the abbey day to investigate and the day's travel back and we could maybe you know three days time he'd be fit to travel we could bring him further south towards new Zealand, and um, from there head up along the coast with the merchant Buchanan to where he needs to be picked up <clears throat> mm -hmm. we have time for that John do we we're not we don't have a massive ticking deadline for no no Okay, so is the plan to head back to the Abbey? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you start making your way back towards the Abbey. As you're making your way through the the hills that lead into the the Grey Heights mountain range that leads up to the Abbey, you of course pass by the the place where you buried young John Cameron and as you head past it you can see that the the wooden sort of um, totem pole that you planted there as a grave marker is now just like lying on its side on the floor the rocks that you sort of heaped up as a makeshift cairn are sort of scattered all around and there is just a big hole mm. so he was not incorporeal. Incorporeal. <laughs> Where? He, he wasn't was a ghost. He was. <laughs> he was solid. Ah. <laughs> oh. mm -hmm. It's cremation then next time. Yeah, let's try that. And depending on what we find down there, maybe that will help as well. And indeed, as you look, as you're sort of heading past, you can see from the from the grave site, there are sort of scraping, like sort of slovenly tracks in the soft ground, heading away to the west, as you rightly said, towards Witch Isle mm. and the lake that surrounds it. Oh well, well we tried. Think, uh, cremation is the way forward. Yeah, indeed. And you head up to the abbey. Now I'm going to suggest before we actually jump into the abbey, we have like a ten minute break here, refresh your drinks, etc. Use the facilities. We'll come back in ten minutes, and then we'll have like a bit of a discussion and potentially crack on with the abbey. How does that sound for everybody? That's perfect, chip. Yeah. Okay, so I'll have a ten minute break now, and then we'll come back and we'll crack on with the abbey see you in 10 guys all right take care
quite digging my little setup. Yeah, it's looking good, man. Yeah, I've got everything to hand now. I've even got like some space under my feet where I could probably wangle some books if I yeah. wanted something to hand. It's just one of them ideas where you wonder why you never thought of it before. That's it, man. All the best ideas are like that. You do them and then you think, oh, why am I doing this for years? <laughs> I get I get quite a few ideas like that. Uh, just recently I've had a few. Like with Tell you, kids what, what if, One of them best be running adventures in Middle Earth. <laughs> well, it was, it was actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I picked it up again, you know, because I've, I've had it a little while and you just get distracted, don't you? You get yeah. waylaid. And I read it through one time. I do that a lot with games. I get them, I read through them, I put them to one side, and then I think it just kind of um, percolates through my mind a little bit, and then I come back to it. Well, it's not, I've just got like, my copy of Wolves of God. Uh, oh, oh, right, it's come out like that. Is that what it yeah, looks this is, like? This is like the, um, the offset, sort of limited edition off the um, Kickstarter. Ah. But... Um, yeah, I've been trying to make my way. I've had it for like three or four days, and I've been trying to read through that. But like you say, things just keep coming up. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm only like fifty pages into it, and it's like, mm. you know, it's like I know most of the rules because it's based on like D and D, but I'm like, oh, you know, I want to sit down and at least read it all the way through once. But just like getting through it, so like I've been trying to like read a few pages, like when I go to bed and stuff like that before I go to sleep. Is that like the only time I can really like sit down and actually like read some of it? Yeah. I want to have a better look at the, um, that that magic uh, book that Glim put out. You know, he's like his his oh um folk magic of the um, Havenlands. Yeah, yeah. It's a good book. I've got that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to have a better look at that. Nice. I love the stuff. They have it all. My my, mm-hmm. my, co- my copy's on the shelf. I can't be asked to go and get it, but just trust me, I've got a copy of it. But yeah, it's it's really nice. I mean. For me, it's sort of it's got the same sort of vibe as you know, like kits in like the old sort of AD and D, but instead of like adding loads of like complicated rules and stuff like that, it's just like a nice little like bit of flavour for like an existing class. So you might go, like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a a wizard, but I'm gonna take this like wise woman like mm-hmm. sort of layover, and it just sort of like it might tweak your spell list a little bit and give you like a few little like bits and pieces, but it's not very complicated at all. No, which, which no, is great right. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, yeah. I might, in fact, I'm going away uh, tomorrow morning, so that might be something I need to uh, pack. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's crack back on with it, guys. So, you've reached the Abbey. It looks very much as you remember it from your previous visit. A a once proud and now slightly crumbling and derelict stone building. You can see just beyond it to the rear is the is the small sort of lake slash pool that's frozen over. There's you notice a few more cracks in the ice, presumably because of the slightly warmer weather recently. That was the other idea, weren't it? The ice lake, whether we could lure them beetles out onto that lake. And that'll bring us onto the Abbey map. <clears throat> boom, boom. 
okay so you guys are all in the the bottom corner down there I've put um, Simon Graydon with you because he's still accompanying you the other thing of course is I wonder if there's like a time of day when these beetles are more and more or less active most creatures will have an active and inactive kind of phase of a of a day well since it's the since it's sort of like early morning now as you arrive from the sort of like the barricaded chamber which is sort of like over here you can you can't hear the sort of like the pounding on the the barricade that you heard when you visited during the evening previously oh yeah oh yeah Forgot about those guys. We should potentially check them out now during the day, right? Okay, and before we before we get started, I'm going to ask, in case in case combat in the, on the off chance combat should break out, just on the off chance, who is going to take charge of Simon Graydon? Obviously, I'll role play him in terms of like making his morale checks and. Is talking, but uh, if it's all right with you, I'd like to hand over the actual sort of like rolling to one of you guys. And I'm happy to do it if no one else wants to, but I'm equally happy for anyone else to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not your man for that one. That's pressing buttons and stuff that that won't go well. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I have enough trouble running the one guy. I think I'd, I think I'd be actually better in real combat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've set it up so you should be able to move that token, Rob, and you should, yeah. al you should also at the side you should see a in the NPCs folder you should be able to s if I've made it properly. I don't know if I have. I can only see Hercules. Okay, give us a second. Boom, boom, boom. It won't come to that anyway because John's only put this kind of tactical map down because it's the only map he's got it's, n it's no it's true. It's true. for no other reason there you go you should be able to see him now Rob yeah okay so it's over to you guys like I say there's still a sort of fairly strong wind blowing but there's no sleet falling now you can't hear thunder you can hear the wind whistling through the crumbling stones of the ruined abbey. So, uh, Mr. Harp, did you wish to investigate this uh, boarded off area or did you want to sneak up to the north and head down them stairs in the, the far corner? I am anxious about some creatures who only appear at night who <clears throat> may be reflective of other creatures that we have seen um, and I think that if we could get in there at all without attracting attention to ourselves that that would be something to do mm. um, so it may be that in there there are Two dead creatures trying to re reach the aisle, or it could be that there's something else. 
Well, what do you think, Mr. Lone Grove? I think we lack information. Well, the only way to garner said information is to investigate, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do we want to see about the potential corpses? Yeah. I think we should. Okay, let's start there then. Might as well. Okay, well, well maybe we're not, we're not in combat, so feel free to move yourselves. Maybe what I'll do, because they're over here to the west somewhere, aren't they? Yeah, they're just here, I think. Yeah. Perhaps if one of us goes to investigate and we kind of give you kind of cut covering fire if the uh whoever investigates uh the others could give covering fire in case the beetles move we could shoot at them from a i'm happy to go and explore us at, at oh, which yeah. point um graden well, this... pipes up and he says uh, well if uh I, I don't know but if if all of you are carrying uh, missile weapons, uh, it might be best for for me to have a look at the chamber you're discussing. For I, I have no, I only have my sword and the, the the wooden spear from the forest. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that, Simon. I don't know if you should go poking about in these. Uh... I don't know. I don't know yeah, if. Uh... Yeah. Best that one of I don't us know if I want that on my conscience. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm, I don't think I'm happy without my conscience. Well, well I, I'm, I'm quite happy to take your lead, uh, gentlemen. Okay, then. Then, yeah, just, just, just keep watch. Then, make sure nothing sneaks up on us. Okay, so Malcolm, you get to the, the door of the chamber, and as I described it previously. You can see like tables and like wooden furniture have been pushed into the empty door frame as like a, a crude barricade. And it looks like it was blocked from the inside, right? Yes, it does, yeah. Okay. Okay. So what I really want to try and do is kind of slowly and cautiously kind of put pressure on different parts of it to see how much movement there is. Um and trying to basically move it without making too much noise. Okay, yeah, you can do that. Um, you you put a little bit of pressure on it, you know, sort of like testing it out, and it seems to be fairly sort of securely jammed in there. Like someone's obviously like wanted to like stop anything getting through there. Okay. And if I walk around the side. Can I see what the building looks like? Yeah, sure. You walk around the side and you can see, as you're sort of like looking around the building, it looks to be like a small stone side chamber. There's no like windows to the, the chamber with the barricade, um, but it must be fairly small. You, you estimate it's probably about 15 foot by 10. Okay. If that. 
And what's the roof like? It's a flat stone roof. However, the roof has survived in this part of the building. Okay. Um, okay, so it's 15 long, 10 wide. There's only there's only one door that I can see. Is there? That's this one that's jammed. That's right. Yeah. Okay, and there's no windows. Okay, and okay. So, and is it like how tall is it? It's like is there a single story building? Yes, yeah, it's a single story. Okay. So what I want to try and do then, I think, is and how 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 secure do the walls look? Is it like the mortar kind of chipped away, or is it like in they, good nick? They they look in fairly good nick, apart from other places where the walls have crumbled away. Um, okay. I, you you remember Leopold say sort of like admiringly like looking at the architecture when you first got here saying that like I mean obviously it's not as good as what dwarves would have built but you know for like for human built it's pretty solid. Not bad. I mean mm -hmm. it, it must have originally been like a very formidable fortress effectively. Okay. Okay so I think what I'm going to do then is I'm going to come back around to the door and then what I want to try and do is in kind of one foul sweep, try and make, throw my shoulder against the door and try and get it to move kind of once with like one bit of noise. Okay. Um, make me a strength check. Okay, so you do manage to, to force it down. However, it does make a fair amount of noise. As you're doing so. Okay. And as you look into the, the small chamber, you can see what appears to be... It's not animate, but you can see there's a skeleton where it's marked on the map, wearing sort of tattered, ragged clothes, but they're not like ancient clothes. So it's not like a body that's been like lying here for, like for ages. There's still like bits of flesh on it, etc. And lying next to it sort of... Just like near where it's like arm is, is what appears to be a book lying okay. open on the floor. Okay, so what I want to go in then, because I, if I remember correctly, the footprints leading to this door were only a couple of weeks old, right? That's correct, yeah. Okay, so I'm assuming that this is some kind of undead that's trying to get to the witch's aisle and just isn't smart enough to get out of the room that the person blocked themselves into before they died. And mm -hmm. um, is there any signs of what killed us? Okay. So as you're looking at the body, you can see on the, the flesh that's left, it appears to be covered in sort of like very large bite marks that would look consistent with some of the like the larger armoured beetles that you've seen, like the big pincers. Okay. Okay, so what I want to do then is I want to go in, I want to take my battle axe and I want to cut the head off this skeleton. Yeah, absolutely fine. You decapitate the skeleton. Okay, and then I will pick up the book okay. and then see if there's anything else in the room of note. I'm guessing there's not. But... There doesn't appear to be, no. Okay. Um, so, glancing at the, like, the cover of the book, do I get any sense of what it might be? Okay, it appears to be a journal, and I will share a 
hand out with you. It's a leather bound book. A lot of it's ruined by the damp and the cold, but there's still a few pages where there's like cramped sort of handwriting written on it. And you should be able to see what's written inside in the handout. And it's up to you guys whether you want to read that yourselves or whether you want me to read it out. Just let me know. You're muted, Colin. I'm m muted and I'm not seeing it, John. Okay, let me just have a look at it. Oh, I see why. Nah, I've been excluded. Try now. <laughs> I see it now, yeah. And like I say, you guys can either read it yourselves or I can read it out. It's up to you guys. Well, for the purposes of the people watching this on the stream, would it be helpful to read it out, maybe? Yeah, I, I can yeah. read it out. Or, or, Rob, would you care to read it out since you're holding the book? Uh, yeah, sure. If, if you don't want to, obviously just say and I'll... I'll no, I'll sorry, that's fine. I just... Sorry, I was kind of reading it. That's no, all. That's all good. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Uh, right, so the first entry is for the 28th of Snowmelt, 1284. Uh we have heard whispers from the rare boats who ply the frozen seas to the north that the ice sheets have retreated from Balconen and this, the land is no longer shrouded in snow. As a student of our ancient history, I must follow up these rumors with my own sources. If true, the potential for discovering our history could be tremendous. If true, this opportunity would be, this opportunity would be worth any risk. And then it's the 13th of midsummer, 1284. My sources have confirmed that the southern coast of Valconan is no longer impassable. I have managed to procure passage to Valconan about the vessel of an unsavoury character by the name of Langward Swales. I would be lying if I said I trusted him, and the passage cost me almost all the gold I possess. So then the next day, the 14th of midsummer, I have begun preparations for travel. Although it is dangerous, I'll show these pompous fools at the Rohalene Guild of Sages that my theories about our ancient history were correct and not merely the vain fallacies of the young. Then about two weeks later, the 28th of midsummer, we are to depart tomorrow. I am told by our captain that the journey will take at least two months. So then the next entry is the first of Shadow Chase, 1284. Our journey has begun, but the weather will get colder as we head north. There are only two seasons in Balconan, a short summer of three months and a long winter of nine. I had hoped to set out with summer weather still behind us, but that was not possible. And then two weeks later, on the 14th of Shadow Chase, one of the crewmen tells me that there is an increased interest at home in exploring Valconan, and that some minor nobles have begun to prepare journeys, but that it will probably be a year or so before serious colonization attempts are made. But any luck, I'll reach our ancient homeland before then and have time to examine its secrets before greedy looters arrive. Uh, the first of Care Home, 1284. The weather is bitter, but we have had a strong wind at our backs for most of the journey. As we entered the mouth of Care Home, my thoughts turned to my family. What must they think? But I can't allow myself to give in to weakness or sentiment. It will, it will all be worth it in the end. Uh, so then a week later on the 7th, I'm writing this having just swum ashore somewhere of Alconan's southern coast. 
I was right to distrust Captain Swally's. As we neared shore, his crew took my possessions and threw me overboard. As luck would have it, I was able to save my field journal and make it ashore. And then two weeks later, I have managed to survive with some knowledge of hunting and fishing. Although it has not been easy and I find myself almost unrecognizable when I look at my reflection in the river. Uh, so I'm guessing two weeks later on the third of cold sea, the weather has turned bitterly cold and the sea has begun to freeze. Were it not for an encounter with a strange group of diminutive white-haired hunters seemingly from a local tribe, I doubt I would have survived. Although I do not understand their guttural tongue, I have made myself understood through hand gestures and they have agreed to take me to their village somewhere in the eastern, mount eastern mountains near the great glaciers. The hunters seem remarkably untroubled by the cold. Uh, so then three weeks later, the 21st Colsey, I have reached the village and have spent some days here. The village elder who picked their language remarkably quickly and seems wise even beyond his ancient years, told me this place is known as Leng. Their people seem to have a strange fear of their own dead, although I could not get them to reveal why this is so. I am told that shortly before the elder of Leng folk dies, he chooses a successor and performs a ceremony to pass on all his memories and knowledge to the new elder. So the second of deep winter, the Lang folk are a curious people, although they are undoubtedly similar to the Rohalin in, in physiology. Uh, this may prove my theory that not all of the people of Alcona took part in the great exodus to the south over a thousand years ago. Perhaps the Lang are a remnant of the people who stayed behind. Now the eighth of deep winter. Reluctantly, I am bidding farewell to the Lang. They have given me provisions, but warned me to beware of a creature or creatures they call Simlanco. From their descriptions, an ape-like creature. They describe it. They describe it as an old tribe who's lost themselves in the cold. My hosts have given me directions to a ruined abbey in the mountains. They say it is from ancient times before the ice sheets came, and was once home to a group of great warriors. Uh, I have reached the edge of the mountains. But the way has been hard, the weather awful, and my supplies are almost gone. I have found a ruined abbey, but I fear this has spelled my doom. The billing is infected with strange insects. I have been bitten by a number of these creatures, and I fear the bites are not healing well. I have managed to barricade myself in one of the small rooms of the abbey. If I do not make it out alive, I suppose it is fitting I lie down here amidst the splendor of this ancient monument, knowing that my theories were right although I regret I will not be able to prove it. Uh, I do not know how long I was unconscious. My wounds are inflamed and a fever is on me. But before I die, I must set down some of what I have found. A set of mosaics in the depths of the abbey show an order of great warriors fighting on behalf of the Amazu, those mages of old Balconan, also called Senna. A second panel of the mosaic shows the departure of the ancient race. I have deciphered the title of the mosaic. It is called the departure of the Amazu. Uh, so then the next entry is my wounds are getting worse and the fever is upon me. My only regret is I won't have a chance to search for the ancient relics I'm sure the Amazu hid in the lower levels of their sanctum before it was torn down by those who blamed them for the coming of the glaciers. It is so cold and yet my skin is burning. Can barely hold pen. Must close my eyes. That's pretty dark, John, I have to say. 
I love it, but it's dark. And look, so... looking at the body that's in there, you have little doubt that this is the body of the unfortunate woman who wrote the journal. Mm -hmm. And Leng. And their Reverend Mother. <laughs> We've met one of them. Um, mm. And them white ape things. Mm. Their enemy. And the uh, dead, they fear they're dead. Yeah, uh, probably well, because we know why. Won. Exactly, we know why. <laughs> Only too well. Fidelity mm. Redman. Okay. So there's some mosaics of the Anizu, also known as the Senna. Well, I guess that is... There's a lot in there, but the one thing that stands out, I guess, is... There's something down there worth looking at. Indeed. Capi with capital letters. Capital letters, Anizu and Senna. Hmm. Want to try and sneak in there, or...? Yes, indeedy. Challenge accepted. So let's go around. <laughs> and I start heading back to the, the front of it. So these people are off, off to the east. It didn't say how far, though, which is a bit unfortunate. It'd be nice to know how far they were. Well, you know, she was dying of infected insect bites. It probably didn't occur to yeah, her to write down yeah. the exact measurements. She could have been. A, she could have been a bit more far off. I feel. <laughs> but plus, okay. I was a bit spurious of giving you like any more to sort of like read out with that journal entry. It was long enough as it was. Yeah, I was looking for that six-figure grid reference. <laughs> <laughs> So we should like tucked an ordinance survey map in the back of the. That's uh, it. Yeah, yeah, that would have been sweet. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Well, shall we? Shall we oh. take the route around here? We've got a contact. Got a contact. All right. Multiple contacts. Yep. Be be Beatles at eleven o'clock. They're in the walls. They're in the walls. <laughs> Goddamn beetles coming from the trees, man! Is this is this uh, this bogey at eleven o'clock? Is he is he is he on the move or? It doesn't appear to be on the move. It's rummaging around in like, the rubble and the sort of bits of wood that are on the floor, as you've seen them before. Sort of like semi, like not really burrowing, but just sort of like moving their way through the like rubble and the yeah. debris. Mooching. Yeah. All right. You, you, you well, can read. In fact, you can't really see much of a beetle. You can only really tell it's there. Cause you can see like the sort of amber glow that it casts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so we can't see it well enough to know if it's injured or. No, not really. You occasionally see like a bit of its carapace as it like moves over like some debris. But you okay. can't really tell if it's injured or not. Right, and it was one of those two or three rooms at the back was the one we had to get to so I wonder is it worth going left around the out the other side 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah, oh, maybe. There's another one in there, too. Near the train center. Oh, yeah. They're all up there, but yeah, maybe, maybe. Should we try the other way, then? You want to try the other way? There's no harm in looking. No. Head, head around the western, western flank. Oh, Malcolm's already making headway. Yeah, there's just there is one in the middle. Is yeah, they're not so close here, though, are they? They're no. well close over the other side. What's in this room here, John, at the top left? It's like a hole in the floor. Is it a hole in the floor? Indeed, it is a hole in the floor. That weren't the way down, though. The way down was through the... Well, obviously, it's clearly a way down, but... You can see that it looks as though the floor, like the stone sort of cladding on the floor, has collapsed here. as like the grouting and stuff like that has sort of given way with the damp. You can see one of the sort of... The structural support beams for the floor stretching across but either side of it there's like this hole sort of heading down into the darkness below mm. um okay do you want to investigate further with uh, a light source or do we continue around to the i'm wondering if this might be a suitable way down to the next level, as opposed oh. to you, as opposed to using the stairs. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> uh, Weimar said he had a rope, right? I, I have a rope as well. I have a lantern. Uh, I mean, we could, I could lower a lantern down there to survey. I have a, I have a hook and a rope. Okay, so yes, then I think we should do that, Leopold. Let's put it. A lantern down and just see if it. Okay, I light up the lantern and um, hitch it to the line, and lower it, lower it into the, into the hole. Yep, no problem. So you lower the lantern down into the hole, and in the sort of flickering light, as you lower it down, you can see that it appears there appears to be a level below what you're on now which is no surprise because you saw the stairs going down uh, <laughs> you lower it down it's about sort of 50 feet down as you lower the lantern down you can see in the flashes of light and obviously you can only really see like a bit because you're looking through the hole you can see on the floor of the the cracked stone floor of the chamber below what appears to be a a faded but still beautiful mosaic set into the floor you can only see part of it but you can see like sort of blue gold and yellow ceramic tiles set into the floor although many of them are chipped and the color is slightly faded i have to say malcolm that uh 50 foot uh, i'm not in a rush to be scaling or descending 50 foot down a down a line Okay. Do we want to try the stairs? 
it, it, it would be preferable. But it seems we've found the mosaics that were spoken of. Mm. Yeah. Um, John, this, is this a window into the room with the stairs? It is indeed. Yeah, okay. and the, the wall as well in the north is okay. traversable. <laughs> yep. Okay, so then should we traverse the wall and try and yeah. sneak down? Yeah. Let's go for it. We've left our man behind. Oh, no, I got him too. Oh, you got him too. I got him too. Good. Yeah, let me tell you, there, oh, there, yeah, will, there, there will be no saving Private Ryan in this area, though. Um, them, them beetles are nasty. Okay, so are you all heading down the stairs? Yeah, I think so. Okay, in which case, just give me a moment to set up your tokens on the other map. As you start going down the stairs, it becomes obvious that like it's dark down there. There's not a lot of light coming in. Are any of you carrying lanterns, torches, etc.? I have a number of torches. I've, I've got my lantern. I'll yep. light that up again. I've got a torch. Okay, no problems. Let me set your characters up then. Graydon on there as well. So I'm just going to set up your light sources as well. Obviously, a younger, the young warrior who's with you doesn't have a torch, unfortunately. I have a spare one I can give him if you want to just. Okay. Yeah. No problem. I'll set him up a light then as well. Apologies for this guy, shouldn't be too much longer. And if I remember correctly, uh, my dwarven friend, I believe you have 60 foot dark vision. Ooh. Do yep. the wall have dark vision? Or is it just a. Uh... Uh... Infravision, in it, yeah. So, um, yeah, sixty foot. You'd have to check on the the album sort of page. A lot of check. They always used to have elves, dwarves, halfling stone. No, it was just elves and dwarves in BX, wasn't it? Yeah, infravision to sixty feet. Okay, no problems. Give me a second, then I'll set that up for you as well. It's it's not super great though. You can't you can't see you're undead or you're undead blend into the background. Yeah, because they're room temperature effectively. Yeah, room temperature. Yeah. Right now, I'm hoping if I've done this correctly. When I move you all onto this map, you should be able, all be able to see. If I've not, let me know if you can't see. 
I can see. Yeah. Okay, splendid. So those of you who've got dark vision, your dark vision should be tinted in like an orange colour. Yeah. Okay, so you descend down the the stone staircase into a chamber below. You can see there's like a, a thin sort of sheen of frost on the stone floor as damp has obviously penetrated from like the, the groundwater etc and stuff like that and then frozen with the cold weather as you those of you can see as you look off to the west you can make out the mosaic in a chamber beyond obviously we're not in combat so feel free to move yourselves okay and that, that this door here is the only door that we can see is it indeed okay Now that I'm closer, can you describe the mosaic? Is it just, is there anything on it or is it just the signs out there? I most certainly can describe the mosaic. It's a set of mosaics that appear to show uh, these ancient mages, these Amazu that were talked of. Um, it appears to show them perhaps conjuring these, these ice sheets and it shows them being pursued by people for it it also depicts what appears to be these these will workers these these magic users these sorcerers apparently departing for somewhere aboard what looks like a boat although it's a, of a strange design and it appears to have like a sort of aura of light around it obviously depicted with the tiles of the mosaic and there is more of this sort of pictographic writing sort of at the bottom of the mosaic and i'll show you a handout there which also you can click on the picture to sort of like zoom into the writing i'm hoping you can all see that when you say it's a strange design this boat john yes is it strange in any particular way or it's just an unfamiliar design it's just an unfamiliar design it doesn't look like a boat the main strange thing about it is it appears to have this uh, you know how sometimes in um, like biblical drawings they have like the sort of halo effect around the heads of saints etc it's got yeah. a similar thing around it oh, yeah that is kind of weird but it looks like a boat but with a halo yeah right mm. maybe something to do with their magic okay um, okay, and Fidelity had already translated this, we think, to the departure of the Amazon. That's correct. Okay, so this is probably as far as she got. Okay. And you would assume that she's probably translated like, the pictographic writing, which you should be able to see on the handout, because like, there's no other, nothing else that writing. could be writing on it. Yeah, okay. 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 There's two doors, guys. One north and one west. What do we think? Thinking west. So if I examine the door in the west, can you describe it to me? 
yeah, it's a it, it's a, a wooden door in fairly bad condition. You're pretty sure, although it's shut, you're pretty sure that like even if it was locked, which you give it like a very gentle sort of like nudge, it's not. But even if it was, due to like the bad state and the damp that's in here, you're pretty sure that like a sturdy kick could just like cave either one of these doors in. Okay. And if I listen to it, can I hear anything on the far side? Okay, as you listen to the western door on the far side, you can ever. Okay. Uh, I think it's, there might be something behind this door. Um. So, Leo, do we want to uh, take out your tablet? Yeah. I'm fine with that. In case it's the Guardian. Fine with that. I'm, I'm just wondering if there's a way that we could record this this message. It, it doesn't look it doesn't look super complex. I think I'm seeing a few T's and a few. You should all be able to in the the handout section. You should all now be able to like see that um, that handout, so you can look at it at any time you want. Okay. Right. It's called Abbey Mosaic. Abbey Mosaic. Mm. Mm. The writing looks very similar, like the same sort of alphabet to what you saw in the the temple previously. Did we ever decode that in the temple? No, no but we got a record of it, of any statements or anything. And you know any particular yes there's a handout or a location called so hopefully between the two with fidelity's translation we might be able to yeah there's the the handout for the for what was in the temple of the sun Yeah, that's the same. The first word's the same. Yeah, there. Uh. Hmm. That frog is definitely a vow, that frog thing. Little dude. Oh boy, what about them things? There's loads of them. Okay, so. Hmm. Yeah, we should be able to because we have all the vials between the their departure and Amazon. We must have all the vials. Amazon, yeah. And Senna. Senna. No, the Senna's not in the title. Senna's the other. 
the the title is described as the departure of the Amazu. She said in her uh, in her diary that Senna was like another word for the Amazu, but the word Senna is not in the title. Oh, okay. oh so that's what the Abu Mosaic says, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So between the two, when we get back to the Sun Temple, we should be able to translate it because we have loads, lots. We have lots and lots. Yeah. Got yeah. Bit slow on the uptake there, old Greeny. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, do we want to open a store in the west that has potentially something behind it, or do we want to check the north door first? Maybe let's listen to the north as well. Okay. Okay, so you, you place your ear against the, the northern door, which is again in a pretty deplorable state, like a western door made of wood. Uh, you listen, you don't hear any sound coming from beyond it. Okay, so I'll try and push the north door open and see if I can see anything beyond it. Yeah, that is the absolutely pitch. fine. With like nary a sort of push, the, the door almost just sort of like with that sort of damp wood, sort of soggy cardboard feel, just sort of like crumbles as you just like push it off the hinges. Okay. And as you look into the room beyond, you can see a fairly small chamber with a stone statue in it. The statue depicts a cloaked figure with a crescent moon behind it. The figure is holding up both of its hands. On one hand is a carved stone depiction of a human heart. And on the other hand sits a small, sort of carved human figure with slightly pointed ears. In its hand, like it's holding a humanoid creature with pointed ears. It, it, it has a, it, the, the statue. If you imagine like the statues there like this, and in one hand it's like a tiny human figure with slightly pointed ears, and in the other hand is a heart, obviously all carved of stone. The, the figure doesn't really seem to have the statue doesn't seem to have like a face itself it's just like a hooded sort of robed figure and is the crescent moon on the wall or is it part of no, it it's, it's part of the statue it appears to be like attached to like the rear of the figure it's sort of, the crescent sort of rises up over the, the hooded head of the statue okay and is there any kind of writing on the wall or there is nothing else it seems like that could be some kind of creator or a, a, a deity uh, that's given life to these these people in its hand, maybe. Anything else on the walls or anything there, uh, John? Okay. You're looking around, Leopold. You don't really find anything. Obviously, Malcolm, you're also looking around, as you said. As you're looking around, you it, you don't notice it at first, but as you're sort of like checking the walls and you're sort of like running your hands along it, you can feel that on like a sort of one of the the sections of the stone wall to the west, there's like a, a barely perceptible like seam around like a large block of the stone. You sort of like feel it with your fingers as you run it across, Malcolm. Okay. Um... So does it feel like a wall might push, or is it like a, a, a crevice to kind of put my fingers in? And... It, 
it's it's not a crevice like i say it feels like a seam you you might be right it might be sort of hinged but obviously you've not like pushed on it you've just sort of run your hand across it and you felt okay. the seam so i guess then what i want to do is kind of push you know the top or the, the sides or the bottom to see if it's hinged in any way if it moves at all okay you push it and it indeed is sort of on an, on a hidden sort of hinge swings inwards revealing a another chamber beyond okay well, that's quite a good spot for a human and as you on as you wall. look in you can see on the western wall of this chamber is a a large sort of heavy mouldering tapestry from what little you can see of the, the sort of faded design it appears to depict a group of cloaked figures standing atop a giant uh, expanse of ice they're all holding wooden staffs high above their heads and as you sort of look down there's at first you think like there's like a spot of damp or like a smudge on the tapestry sort of like near the bottom but as you look at it you can see that actually there's the tapestry depicts some sort of dark mass like in the center of this like block of like, this sort of like glacier they're standing on okay like they call the ice forward to like i say people stood on top top of the ice holding staffs and then deep down inside the ice is like this dark indistinct shape okay okay that's a bit foreboding okay mm. could they in. could could th does it look like they're generating the ice you can't really tell like I say it's just the figures that are holding their staffs up and they're stood on top of the ice you guess possibly not because obviously they're stood on top of the ice going like right. that if they created they wouldn't be automatically stood on the top of it no they'd be sort of yeah how big is the dark figure is it kind of human it, it, size it's, it, it's not a figure it's just like like I say originally you just thought it was like a, a smudge or like a patch of damp on the tapestry it's just this like amorphous sort of like hazy dark blob inside of the the glacier i don't like the look of that at all not one bit oh, it's okay though it's not like the glacier is melting around nah uh, okay is there anything else in the room that doesn't appear to be uh you, you can roll me a d6 if you wish. If you're not actively searching. Yeah. Okay, you don't find anything else in the room. Oh, I'd like, whilst he's doing that, to take a to take a better look at this um, this little figure in in the palm of this this statue. Yeah. Okay. And also take a little peek under that hood as I'm passing by. Okay, now obviously the hood's carved of stone. Yeah. And you know how like we were talking about earlier, like the Nazgul in like Lord of the Rings, they don't yeah. have a face underneath, it's just the hood. It's yeah. a similar sort of thing. It's like, the same, it's just like blanked out. Yeah. It's just like you can see like the, the recess of the hood and there's nothing underneath it. It's just like smooth stone. The the small figure that's on one of its hands is a a, a naked male figure sort of like kneeling and it appears to be a, a a sort of androgynous 
human figure with the normal sort of human proportions. I said anything of note about it is its ears have slight points on it. Hmm. Let's see. Is our friend Mr. Harp got pointy ears? Yes. He's one of the he's one of the um, elves. Hmm. At which point, I'm going to ask you, Leopold, make me an intelligence check. Hmm. Well, you can use wisdom if you prefer. I think I'm more intelligent than I am wise. I'm well educated and and not not so sim not so sensible. Uh, how'd you make the check? How'd you make the fancy check then? Instead of just rolling a dice. I just rolled a dice, to be honest. Yeah, I did. I have up till now, but Rob was doing a fancy one, I noticed. Whee! Nice. Okay. So you remember that... So like, This is like fairly common knowledge in like Rohalene. The reason the Wald, or the Elves, are shunned is because they're rumoured to be like descended from the ancient mages of Valconan. And when the exodus occurred, people like blamed them for bringing about the Ice Age. So the elves sort of got the brunt of all that sort of hatred and animosity. And that's partly why they like withdrew to the forests. Because they were like getting too much shit off other people. Like, oh, you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're just as bad as their mages there. What caused it in the first place? And they were like, oh, we've had enough of this. We're like retreating to the forest. Yeah. Bugging out. And everyone knows it was the dwarves anyway. Delve too deep. <laughs> Always forever delving too deep. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, so this may be uh, one of Malcolm's old deities of some sort. And the heart. There was a heart in the other. Yeah. Anything weird about the heart? Does it look, look pretty regular? No, it looks like the, the only thing got remarkable about it is like the detail with which it's carved. I mean, it's obviously made out of stone, mm -hmm. but it, it is like a, a well-carved depiction of like a heart, you know, like veins, mm. etc. Yeah, like an anatomically correct kind of thing. Yeah. Huh. Any any carvings around the base of the, the statue or anything like that? Romeo D six. <clears throat> Okay, you look around, you you see that there must have. It looks like there were once some carvings, but they've sort of been worn away, and they're illegible now. Even with my stone cunning. Oh no! Remind me, what are the rules for your stone cunning? I detect like hidden and sloping passages in and. Irregularities in stone. I, I'm not sure about the exact uh, OSC. That, that's that's fine. Okay, so you can, with your detected irregularities in stone, you're surprised to find that you you can sort of roughly work out what it says based on the sort of like the impressions that are left. You need like tracing them with your fingers. You maybe like got a bit of charcoal out and like rubbed it over it to like go into the impressions. Yeah, I've got a bag of chalk as it goes. So yeah, maybe rub that yeah, in. Sort of like rub it over and you're surprised to find that it appears to be written in common for want of a better term it's like an archaic version but it's not like the pictographic writing you've seen before 
No, right. And it just says, he who judges. Ah, oh, okay. He who judges. And are his hands, like, level? Yes. Okay. okay. I, I will convey this information to the rest of the group, say. Uh, this says, I've discovered this, this writing says, he who judges, it seems like he's weighing up and uh, maybe some judgment has been found that things are equal in some way. Hmm. Okay. What do you think, gentlemen? I think we should go and see the Guardian. Yeah, there is a lot here which is going to be important later, I think. Hmm? Well, of course, of immediate concern is... The noise. Hmm. <clears throat> but the rest? Something for later and something that is going to be valuable to a multitude of people, I think. Well, we can certainly ask the master as well. Mm. He is wise in the ways of... What do we know about this artifact that we're looking for? I That sentence sums up exactly what we know about this artifact, in that there is an artifact. And we're looking for it. <laughs> okay. I, we think it might also be used in a fight against yeah maybe a weapon we right we've not seen any um visual representations of said artifact then clearly no, we were told it was here so right right we'll know it when we see it no doubt there'll when, be a glowing aura you can say oh that 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 is it <laughs> that'll be it that big ass axe <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh. Okay then. We're procrastinating. Let's head over to the okay. door. Do you want to go with the token? Yeah, I can do. I mean, yeah, I'll take I'll take point and I'll listen, listen. Okay. This, this... Anyone who's using a torch, your torch is starting to burn low. Okay. So obviously, you guys. Uh, they've been moving around in here for a bit and you've been exploring as well. Okay, so how many did I have? I got a new one. Yeah, if you've yeah, got spares, you shouted, it's not difficult to light a new one, but obviously, like, cross off the, the torch that you've used. Cool. Yeah, I'll do the same, and I have a spare one for um, Simon as well. Okay. Is um, this door's one of those rotten doors again, John? It is indeed. As you might expect, I will um, see if I can slowly, slowly open it without the whole thing just falling to bits. Okay, as you move up to the door and you're sort of looking at it, going, "Oh, what's the best way to like get in there?" You can yeah. just about make out a dull amber light, sort of shining like through the crack underneath the door. 
All right. In that case, I'm going to turn off my lantern. I, I uh, extinguish the wick or whatever, however it works. And uh, I will continue to proceed with opening said door. Okay, no problems. Uh, and and I will whip out ye oldie tablet as well. I'll be brandishing that in one hand like a security pass. <laughs> oh no. Bastard beetles. Yeah, you open the door and beyond it you can see in the far corners two of the glowing fire beetles. Obviously, because you've like extinguished your lantern and you're looking in there like using your your dark vision, mm. they don't appear to have immediately spotted you. Mm. Okay, right. Um. And because you said you were very careful about how you sort of <clears throat> did the door, because if you mm -hmm. just smashed it open, they'd have known you were there. Okay, I'll just I'll just like look round at the group and um, do like the the shush. The universal symbol for be quiet, like, and um, make make the beetle beetle sim sign sign of the beetle. Indeed. And the only other thing you can see in the room as you look in are six sort of round stone columns that appear to support the ceiling. Hey. Um, well, I. I suggest we uh, bug out. <laughs> Pardoning the pun, let's go, go back. Go back. Is there? An, there's, there's another door. It is. We can go the other way, can't we? Is there another way? No, don't we have found Jess? Oh. I see. Nothing to the so nothing to the east. No, we didn't see out to the east. Well, there's two beetles, but they're the soft fire beetles, right? Not the armored ones. That's correct. Yeah. Well, you wanna you wanna take them out? I think that we could block one of them in the doorway and take them out. Um. Yeah, because we can. You're relatively short and stocky, right? So we can shoot over you. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So you know, myself and Weimar can shoot over you. Um. And then, because only one of them can get at you, you mm. should be okay. And if you get struck, we can swap. Okay. So I'll shoot one then. Yeah. Go for it. Here we go. Can we all shoot at the same time? Yeah. Mm. Didn't 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 do it. Why didn't? Okay, which one are you shooting, Malcolm? Uh, the one on my left at the bottom, I guess. Okay. So your arrow thunks into that beetle. And you hear like a sort of soft, like screech and chittering from it. Are you shooting the same one, Weimar? 
Okay, another arrow like into it. You can see it appears to be like moving very slowly, like the buzzing is quite erratic. It's like ichor leaking out of it. You fire a, a crossbow bolt, but it like clatters off the wall, Leopold. I've got a plus one on that if that makes any difference to him. Okay, so obviously that has attracted their attention. So I'm going to roll a d6 for their initiative. So if one of you guys wants to roll a d6 for your group initiative. Okay, so you guys get to go first. Okay, I'm going to shoot the same one again. Go for it. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, so you shoot the same one, but your your arrow clatters off its carapace. Leopold, roll your damage. Are you shooting the same one that was shot previously? Uh, yeah. Let's okay. try and kill one. Ooh, that shot okay, it. as it starts like taking off like, to head towards you, your arrow just like and pins it to the wall. Boom. Nice. Okay, why my shoots but like doesn't hit the other one. So on its turn it's gonna fly over here. Obviously it can't get past you, Leopold. So it's going to attack you. I'm guessing that's not enough to do you. So it starts trying to get at you with its mandibles, but it can't get through your sort of heavy winter cloak and your your thick clothing. So it's sort of like you're sort of like batting it away as it's like trying to sort of grapple onto you with its legs and its pincers. Over to you guys. Okay, so here we go, another shot. Ooh. It's two national 20s and five points of damage with the two of them. Isn't that ridiculous? Okay, so would you like to describe <laughs> how with cinematic elan you take out this beetle? <laughs> so I guess what I'm trying to do is as it's trying to <clears throat> bite Leopold, um, I'm kind of leaning over and then I just want to kind of shoot it down into its open mouth and kind yep. of into the back of its so throat. you wait so until it goes like ready to bite onto Leopold and then you just like lean over him like... Thump! straight down between its mandibles as the bolt goes in it's like and then it just drops onto its back falling off Leopold its legs kick for a little bit and then like ice palm it out of the way (laughs) yeah as it's collapsing back you're just like off (laughs) okay oh jeez are we harvesting the uh, glowing glands I think we should good yeah yeah. Save on our light sources. Indeed. Do we do we reckon these beetles are edible? Difficult to know without trying. Without I mean, trying, yeah. There, there's, there's nothing that obviously like speaks of like it's not got like any obvious like venom glands or anything like that like a no. snake would have. But there's something to be said about the fact that these two were here behind a closed door for who knows how long. Yes. And with no food, 
Okay, so... if, if you guys are harvesting the glands from them, each beetle has three of these glowing glands on them, two above the eyes and one on the abdomen. As you sort of take them out, you see that they cast this amber light in a 10-foot radius, and I'll tell you now that like once removed, they they keep glowing for D6 days, so I'll roll a D6, just like one for all of them. So they will keep glowing for five days. So you've got six of them all together because there's two beetles. Uh, so we're, we're all right for a rudimentary light source. Yep. Okay. we better have a little look around in this room, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Oh, we've got a door, it looks like. Looks like we've got a door down to the south, if I'm not mistaken. Indeed. And, and a sorry snake that's in as well. Okay. What do you think, guys? Should I uh, proceed? Or do we want to have a look at these pillars quickly? Uh, I want to have a look at the pillars quickly, I think, before we yeah. proceed. Sometimes you get a bit of uh, information on a pillar. Yeah. Okay. So, can you roll me a d6, please, if you're looking at the pillar? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. Okay. As you're looking at the pillar, Leopold, you see that there is a hidden panel, rather like the one that you went into the secret room, like built into the pillar. And when, with your like expert stone cunning, when you open it up, you see there's like a sort of concealed alcove within one of the pillars. And as you look into it, you can see what appears to be a badly decayed leather pouch which has 100 gold pieces in it all with a sunburst design on them there is also a small plain golden ring oh right there you go well a little find there gentlemen a mysterious ring and some old coins any markings on the ring? You said plain. If, if I look closer, is it is it totally plain? It is totally plain, yes. Although, with your sort of knowledge of stonework and sort of metals and stuff like that, as you look at it, you can see there's some very... Because it's obviously gold's like quite a malleable sort of metal. You can see from looking at it, some very slight abrasions, like whoever wore it sort of like rubbed it a lot. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Hmm. This may be a magical ring. Um. Would my background give me any kind of sense of magical stuff, or? Rome D six. I'm guessing not. You're not sure. It could be a magical ring. The fact that he said, "Oh, like someone's like rubbed it a lot," seems to suggest it, it was either of sentimental value, maybe a nervous gesture, or it could have been magical. You can't really tell because there's no like designs or anything on it to give you a hint. It's just a plain gold band. Shall I put it on and rub it and see what happens? Yeah, if you want. 
Is that what you're going yeah. to do? <laughs> yeah, why not? Okay. So. I've you... lost a character in almost the session. You slide <laughs> this plain gold band onto one of your fingers. And as you put it on, you notice that, like, although it's just like a plain guy, it feels quite heavy as you're wearing it. And you you rub the ring, and there is a very faint. And the room quickly fills with a thick, dense smoke. As the smoke clears, there is a hooded figure, rather like the statue you saw previously, hood over the the bowed face. A dark, dark blue, almost black robe. The figure extends its hand. You see there is no flesh on the hand. The hand is made entirely of bone. It raises a hand and goes... And then remains frozen in place with its head still lowered. If I rub the ring again, does it? You, you, rub, you rub the ring again, nothing happens. This, this figure still just stood in front of you. If you sort of move, like the figure turns to like face you, sort of holding its hand up. Okay. Is, like, is he know. the only one that can see this? No, you or can is it? see it. The, oh, the, the, the smoke has now cleared. This figure is literally stood in front of him like this. Hmm. I say you can't see any face. You can see darkness below this dark blue, almost black robe. The it's telling us one. It's yes. telling us one. One something. One question, one answer, one judgment, one try. Wish. One. <laughs> uh, about that. <laughs> Do you think this is the relic? Don't seem very relic-y, does it? No. Well, as you say, relic. As you say that, uh, Simon Graydon says, uh, I, 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 I always thought the, the relic was some sort of... Uh, a ancient artifact of war, like a weapon or something. Ah, well, it seems Simon. Simon has some more information. Um, if I talk to the creature, does it acknowledge me at all? What do you say to it? Um, greetings. Yeah, greetings and salutations. It says something in a language that you don't understand, in a sort of dry, dusty, withered voice. And then a few okay. moments later, in the common tongue, but still with the same dry, mummified, raspy voice, it says, Judgment, night, sorcery in the earth, are my domain. You have one request. Name it. Choose wisely. Um, must I choose immediately?
has been long since I have dealt with any of your kind. Amazu. What is your name? I am the judge, one of the five. We are those who taught your kind when they were forced brought to this place. Sorry, say that last bit again, John. We taught your kind when they first came to this place. But our temples are no more. For you are tainted by the smoking mirror. Any thoughts, gentlemen? What did you meet on that witch isle? Was there something that you needed to defeat? There are <clears throat> several. I would, I would say, uh, maybe a dozen or so. What would seem to be uh, spectral. Sun clerics uh, cursed to their tombs, and I, I would we didn't really have a lot of time to stick around. There's probably something there drawing all the other dead, or it's these ones doing that. But, well, I would I would say that our most pressing question is, or we really need the dead to rest when it when they're dead and stop coming alive and causing grief so do we want to know do we want to put it to this thing that you know that the dead are rising and, and and heading to the west Um, you know, how do we stop? How do we, you know, how do we address that? How, how do we stop that? I mean, that's what we need. That's what we're, we're we're trying to do. That that's that's what we're doing, aren't we? Really? Are we, am yeah. I right? In a big part of what we're doing, yes. Um. So then I will come back to the judge. <clears throat> um, we seek information on how to end a curse on the witch's isle that will prevent it calling out to the dead and allow the dead to rest peacefully. Then all you wish for your request is information. Is this correct? Curious. Ask if it can just end the curse. <laughs> uh, can you end the curse 
is your request. There we go. Choose your words carefully, though. Hmm. How much information? No, that's okay. Ask questions. How much information could we get as part of our one request? That would depend upon what the request is. All right. The knowledge of how to work one's will to affect one's surroundings is my purview. Great knowledge can be obtained from the forces of the mystical, but such knowledge seldom comes without a price, as the Amazu learned so long ago. Indeed. How much do you know of the Amazon and the troubles that befell them? A great deal. Oh, oh, you know, the other thing we want to know about, we probably want to know more about that black blob in the ice. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, yeah, right. So them dudes with the staffs in that picture, did they have pointy ears? You couldn't really tell because they had, like, hoods. Oh, oh did they? Right. Uh, okay. They were probably the Amazu, though, yeah, weren't they? They, they, had, they had staffs and they looked like wizards. So it's a fact yeah, 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 yeah. It seems, yeah, it seems consistent with the, uh, the law so far uncovered. call upon you again at a later date you try my patience I am bound by ancient compact with the one who forged the ring that you wear to appear and grant them one request and one request only I am here to honor that compact. Even though the person who forged it is not the person who now wears the ring. Hmm. Tricky one, fellas. Tricky one. Yeah. 
I was better off bumbling along, figuring it out by myself. <laughs> uh... <clears throat> At which point, with, with a, a very slight note of wry amusement in its voice, the figure sort of inclines its head a little to face in your direction, Leopold, and says, If your request is simply that I depart, that is also within my power to grant. Oh, no, no, no. Let's not be hasty. <laughs> um, I was just thinking out loud. That is fine. You do not wear the ring. Good. Um, I can't say as I'm not glad about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, dear. Okay. You know, Malcolm, with great power comes great responsibility. Indeed. Um... So, uh, Judge, I would know the tale of what befell the Amazu, the coming of the glacier, um, what darkness hides beneath the glacier, and what, if anything, you could tell us around the curse of the Witch's Isle. Very well. And that is your request. It is. He pauses a few moments and sort of like straightens his head up and you get like a sort of like cracking of bones beneath the the cowl. And he says, Before I begin my tale, know that this world upon which you walk is not the first world that was created, but the third. The first world created was ideal, perfect, shining it was quickly consumed and destroyed by chaos when the second world was built a small amount of chaos was building to its design in the hope to prevent its destruction the ancient ones were brought fully formed into the second world but chaos still consumed it although some of the ancient ones escaped the destruction I was one of those ancient ones, along with four of my siblings. We were empowered in the creation of this third world. However, plans did not go as we would have wished. When the third world was constructed, it was hoped that when the creator rested and chaos rose to destroy this world that myself and my four siblings would be able to fight it back and destroy it but chaos cannot be destroyed and we imprisoned it below the world however one of my siblings known to your kind as the smoking mirror was corrupted as we fought against chaos when able to destroy one of our own kind, we imprisoned it below a great sheet of ice. And there it remained for many hundreds, thousands of your years. When the Amazu rose to lead your people, the ancient ones taught them 
many things. They learned mastery over the land, sea and air. And it was a golden time for your people. They made the land temperate, warmer, more suitable for your kind. But at the last, the Amazu realized their error and they beheld the children of the smoking mirror imprisoned in the ice. And they realized that their workings would soon free them from their prison and would bring disaster upon this world, perhaps even unmaking it. With no time to explain to the people, many of the most powerful Amazu sacrificed their own lives to create a great working that summoned the great ice sheets and shrouded the land in cold once more imprisoning the children of the smoking mirror in that icy prison. When those who survived returned to their people, they were outcast because of it. Though the order of warriors that rose to protect them were deemed as traitors and they were put to death, blinded so that they might never find their way to the afterlife. As they died, they cursed their slayers and that curse causes them to linger yet and rise each night searching for those who wronged them on what you now know as the Witch's Isle. Now the ice has begun to retreat and once more the prison of the children of the smoking mirror begins to crack and fray, but there are no great Amazu remaining to give their lives valiantly, to reseal it. And those, like myself and my brethren, who once strode this world as gods and were worshipped by your kind when they were but young, are now weak from too many years of being forgotten. came those people who remained had a choice to make many of them your forefathers fled south aboard ships looking for greener lands warmer lands and much of their knowledge was lost it has taken you all these years to rise back to the level you are at now those remnants of the Amazu who remained split into separate groups. Some of them chose to follow the ways of the ancient ones and leave this place. Others forsook their ancient knowledge and adopted a more simple life, living on the ice flows, becoming tribal and living in harmony with the lands. They became known as the Silt, in your tongue meaning the Ice Walker tribes. And they live still on the ice flows to the south, but they have forgotten the knowledge that made them great. 
those Amazu who retained their knowledge created great vessels with which to leave this place and they departed some of the folk who were not descended from the Amazu remained behind some of them headed to the east and settled near the great ice sheets the rest your forefathers fled southwards taking what little they could carry aboard a ramshackle fleet of vessels before arriving on the shores of far Rohalene where they adopted the worship of a priest named Leander one of the people who had led them southwards he became their new deity along with eight of your kind and he looks at you and he says this Leopold who remained to watch over their ancestors they became your new gods and we were forgotten and as he says that he lowers his head and he just fades away So, we have a problem. Yes, we do. First ball back to Rohaline, yeah? As I, as I mentioned, a lot of this is going to be very important for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> We've got an ecological global warming issue on our hands here. Yeah. We need to stop the ice from melting. Well, you need to find more of these ancients. It it seems like they want they want their worshippers back. Hmm. There's that. Or need more than want, I guess. There. Yeah, need. Yeah, they're 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 going weak because it's kind of like like the never-ending story, man. It's all falling apart because people have stopped believing in them. And Uh, yeah, yeah. So, if we buy into this, I guess we found the true gods from yeah, which cause... follows. If we take this back and we tell anyone who will actually believe in this that Leander was a preacher who was elevated. He's a false god. Or, or I guess, if it works that way, you take a man and you elevate him enough in people's eyes. Maybe that's how it works. Maybe Leander is real. Make me an intelligence roll, please. Mr. Longrove. Mr. Lone Grill. Oh. Okay. As you're sort of saying this, one thing that sort of struck suddenly like you remember is that at no point did the the judge claim to be a god. The nearest he got was saying we once walked this world as gods. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but the the thing here is if if we buy into any of this, 
Leander is certainly not a god. <laughs> not at all. Indeed, the although, as, story you, as, you, as you rightly said, he did say that he was elevated. And you would know, uh, Leopold, that when he said eight of your people were also elevated, you know that, like, the, the dwarven, like, ancestral pantheon, there's, like, eight dwarven, sort of, like, ancestor gods. Right. <clears throat> okay. Mm, so there's a bit more to be found out there, perhaps. Uh, them fellas. Hmm. And then he explained the curse. The curse. So these these sun protector types, the 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 guardians of the of the isle, they were protecting the the wizards, if I got that right, the yeah. Amazu, yeah. The Amazu, they were the protectors of the Amazu. Yeah, and he basically said, oh, when the Amazu sat- came back and everyone was like, you're to blame for the ice sheets coming. And these warriors were like, oh, we're here to like defend the Amazu, like step back. Step they, back. They, they were basically like shanked by the like angry mob and like mm. blinded them because they're like, oh, you're blaspheming, I'm going to blind you so you'll never like see your way to heaven. And as they were dying, they like cursed the people who'd wronged them. Yeah, and, and that's everyone else. We did also see some mosaics there to indicate that death as well. Okay. So I wonder how far-reaching the curse is. I wonder if it affects, um, like, Malcolm's people, the the, the dwarves. I, I will tell you for nothing, you know that it obviously doesn't extend across the whole world because, like, the dead aren't rising in Rohalene. No, right. So it's obviously not. It obviously does have some sort of range. Yeah, yeah. And it was only twenty-five odd as well, right? When we were there. Yeah. No, like it wasn't. There wasn't hundreds. No. So, so it feels like the Lang had a solution because there wasn't any Lang. Yeah, they're dead rise, don't they? Though. Yeah, they're dead rise. But they are descendants. They are. It's said that they are descendants. They moved into the east, so they got tarred with the same brush. It would appear. I thought they were not descendants. Yeah, they they were descendants of people who weren't the Amazu. So they were descendants of the non majors, and they moved to the east. Yeah, the, they're the the descendants of the Amazu. Sort of the Amazu split into two. Some of them basically went off. Oh, forget this magic malarkey. And like went to like living on the ice flows and became like the ice walkers. The ones who like wanted to keep the magic basically built themselves some strange vessels and like left the world somehow. They sailed into the west. They started jamming to some spells, maybe. <laughs> but um yeah, I I think we we got a fairly that that's going to be valuable, by the way. Uh, all of this. So we, we need to figure out who we talk to and what we get from talking to them because we've if any of this is true um, we have a skeptic lot... skeptic burn him at the stake <laughs> <laughs> I guess the new new religion has uh, the old one has been renewed uh, off to the pyre I go <laughs> Just, just remember to curse them as you die. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, no. There's some factions. There's some factions. Yeah, we have discovered 
a lot to add to the history roles, which will be very, very profitable and important to whoever's coming. And they will, uh, as we already heard. There's your like cast off nobles building mm -hmm. houses here, mm -hmm. claiming titles. It's not going to be too long before their parents come over and mm -hmm. decide that, oh, this was important enough for uh, them to steal it. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then do, do we actually want to try and do something about this? About the ice. Yeah, and I think I think we have to, right? I think on that bombshell, as uh, Harp says, I think we have to. That's where we're going to end the session for today. So thank you very much for playing, guys. I'm going to end the recording here. I'll, I'll dole out the XP and whatever in a second, but I'm going to stop the stream here, and obviously I'm happy to chat for a bit.